Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do, do Daredevil. Daredevil. Hi everyone, this is episode 3 and we're going to be talking about Daredevil issues 13 through 24 in this yes. episode. Yes, and I, I gotta say, I some really good stuff in these issues, Jamie, yeah. I was really enjoying myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I was a fan of Wally Wood, uh-huh. but when John Romita took over, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I just started really, really, really enjoying the books. Everything yeah. seemed to tie together. He did such a good job, and I was, I was sad that he only ended up doing, um, what was it, uh, was eight like, issues? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, um, from what I understand, it was uh, there's a couple of issues where Spider-Man appears mm-hmm. as a guest, and that was Stan trying him out as a Spider-Man artist. Yeah, because he wanted him to do that book. And I was, I, I did a little reading and. Uh, John Romita actually would have preferred to stay on Daredevil. Yeah, which yeah. is which is kind of cool. He felt bad following on because he he thought that uh, Steve Ditko would come back because at that point I think um, Spider Man was their most successful book. Yeah, one or two it was either that or Fantastic Four. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, and because of that, he was sure that that uh, Steve Ditko would come back because who would walk away from one of the most successful books at that right. point and the answer is Steve Ditko <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, he's fantastic he's still making his own books um, he's in his 80s now oh, yeah, gotta and be, he's yeah. self-publishing and, and John uh, Romita's still alive too I don't really think he does um, any more um, yeah, more drawing no, yeah I think he's, he's done like alive. a couple of covers as like a, a guest covers when they've hit milestone issues before we go on I have a gift for you oh you, what yeah I've hidden oh. it under this box you have a gift the only thing I brought for you is myself and that is gift <laughs> enough um, I saw this for sale and I thought well oh, I know someone who might what? want this oh my goodness <clears throat> so everybody at home who obviously cannot see me and Jamie which is probably a good thing <laughs> uh, he got me Marvel Masterworks Daredevil Volume 1 which has the first 11 issues of Daredevil oh yeah. Jamie, that is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of these issues online. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so much easier to, to, you know, you can access everything online. Yeah. You know, the Marvel Limited app, mm-hmm. Comixology, all that stuff. But man, just reading it, you know, holding it in your hands, nothing beats that. So thank you. Thank you very you're much, welcome. Jamie. I, yeah. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah. I look forward to rereading issue seven with Namor the Submariner. That's such a good issue. See if he still pounds his way through uh, <laughs> uh, Manhattan. But that's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I was doing a little, we, we were talking about how um, there's some issues, and we're going to cover this later in um, episode five, I think we said we were going to. Yeah, uh, episode five. There's some issues where Daredevil guest starts in uh, various books. And there was, I was flicking through and reading some other. Marvel stuff from this period, and there was a section where um, someone mentions Namor is 
moving is walking around <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm busy i've got to go get see namor and it's only like one panel or something yeah. <clears throat> and it reminded me of uh, him probably being frustrated by traffic lights and smashing them or something <laughs> yes that was a good one yeah. uh, but we got a lot of good ones in the next 12 we, we do yes we really do um, yeah. now 13 um is is that that's the first ramita penciled issue no right? he did 12 he did 12 as an inker or oh, no yeah. He finished Jack Kirby's layouts. That's yes, on was. 12. Yes. And he actually f- worked over um, Jack Kirby's layouts in 13 as well, too. Oh, he did? Okay. He did, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until 14 that he took over and, and did all of the pencils. Yeah. And just one quick note, uh, when I was doing some reading on John Romita, when he first jumped in with Marvel, he didn't want to pencil. Mm-hmm. He only wanted to ink yeah. because he'd been working for DC for a long time. And uh, um, for you know he, he felt like he wasn't creative anymore. He, he, it was hard for him to come up with the ideas. So he figured, you know what, I just want to ink. But I guess Stanley had a different opinion in mind. And, yeah. you know, everything was set in motion, you know, for him to jump onto Spider-Man, like you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, so it's a good thing. Yeah. Because I really liked a lot of these issues they, that he they, The did. artwork is incredible for the, the Remeter issues. I mean, um, when um, he's replaced by uh, uh, Gene Colon later. Yes. And uh, Gene's artwork is is as good um it's, it's a completely different style different. Yeah. oh yeah and he and he sticks around for a long time i think gene colon takes us up to like issue 100 something like that yeah. he has an incredible run yeah, he was the first that. artist that i mean he took over daredevil and just ran with it for years yeah yeah and as a as a nice uh one of the things i really like about gene colon's artwork is that it has this everything feels like it's kind of moving but almost like a dream movement everything seems a little off and a little nightmarish Mm -hmm. and it kind of fits into a lot of the villains that come in during his run yeah um but issue 13 is a continuation of issue 12 where we see kevin plunder (laughs) kazar and uh dd um and um this one is is actually where it reveals that his name's kevin i think isn't it and it's or is that the next one it's um this one, we were still in the Savage Land. Yes. And uh, Lord Plunder, the Plunderer, has a, a great plan. Um, no one really knows what it is yet, and it kind of changes over the course of the three issues that he features. <laughs> and, and when he comes back, it changes again. Yeah. Um, but the, the general gist of it is that there is a, a locket that was made from a, an incredibly powerful element that his father that he and Kevin's father discovered. They didn't name the element. They just said it was like a yeah. ore. Yeah, they just said it was some kind of ore that, that yeah. is so powerful that it just vibrates and destroys everything, metal yeah. around it. Specifically weapons. Specifically weapons, which is it's kind of incredible because there's a couple of things where it's like very precise, where they're, yeah. they're surrounded by trucks and stuff like that, but an axe disintegrates or, <laughs> or a sword disintegrates or a gun. Right. So um, Kazar's father mm-hmm. uh, discovered the ore yeah. and kind of as a birthright type of deal, he uh, manages to, uh, I guess, nick a little piece off of the ore. Yeah, and it's very difficult to... Yeah, to oh, so difficult. It's like a whole page worth of, uh, <laughs> how do I break off a little piece of this? <laughs> Uh, and so he gets two pieces, or he gets one piece, breaks it in half, and it's so it's it's almost like two halves of a circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives one to his two sons, yeah, and which happens that, to be Kezar and his brother, which we find out in this issue that they're brothers, yeah, the plunderer, the plunderer. Mm-hmm. And he says it's kind of a, this nice gesture because he actually says, you know, as lo- as long as you two 
are friendly together, you'll have this most powerful thing. This is the idea is that it's the that their love and concern for each other will make them strong, and the, the strength comes in the form of this devi- this this plot device that destroys weapons, which is it's it's the the core idea there is a kind of really sweet sentiment, which uh, of course Lord Plunderer, the Plunderer Lord Plunder, um, throws out the window and decides he's going to kill Kazar and, and take it all for himself. Because the the other thing is that the locket, the two pieces of the locket, which is like one of those sweetheart lockets that you combine, if you put them together, it breaks open the only thing that has sealed the larger <laughs> chunk of the ore, which will be like an unstoppable weapon. Yes, if, you, uh, if they. If they can get it out now, um, the, the they they bury it so they're they're looking for the the they're looking to get the two pieces together so that they can open up the buried chunk and of this, ore. At this point, Kazar obviously doesn't know that the plunderer is his brother. He doesn't know that he has a brother because his yeah. father took him away uh, to the savage land. Uh, when he was just a little kid, and that's yeah. where he was raised, and why he's kind of like the I guess not the ape man. He's the like Tarzan, basically. Yeah. And uh, so when the plunderer shows up, tells Daredevil the plan, and um, Kazar finds out that it's his brother. He doesn't even know this medallion had any type of value, anything. He just always kept it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so the plunderer finds him, grabs the two medallions, and now he has everything he needs to go get his world-dominating weapon destroyer, yeah. Bob. And it's also... it's. Um uh, once again, everyone just sort of presumes that, like, you know, Daredevil's not going to bother them too much. He's just a man. So they let him kind of go along for the ride throughout yeah. the whole thing without ever <laughs> without <laughs> yeah. like, believing that he can do anything. And so. they did think that he was uh, blind because yes. uh, of his. They did some. They had some contraption that was able to blind him. Which I think it was that he so got. I think issues. he got kicked in the head by Kazar so oh. hard or something. Oh <laughs> right, that's what it was for this one. <clears throat> yeah, he gets hit really, really hard in the head. Yeah, passes out, wakes up, doesn't have any of his radar senses, so he's basically practically a blind man. Now. Yeah, and and, and he gets Kazar cured by cured. Kazar because Kazar, you know, being you know he's part of the native land of the, of the Savage Land, knows that there are these. Juju berries, yep. and if anything can cure Daredevil's blindness, <laughs> it's juju berries. Yeah, uh, he he was fighting a big plant. He fights a big plant that looks like Audrey from um, Little Shop of Horrors, right? <clears throat> and is saved by uh, I always forget the name of the saber tooth tiger. Uh, Mo, uh, what is Mo, Mo, I can't I can't remember either. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, Daredevil, while blind in this issue, is fighting. He's fighting Magor. Magor. I think it was Magor. And John Romita, I mean, this guy looked amazing. Yeah. He was an ape man, but he looked more man than ape, but he had, you know, his feet, the way his feet looked and his hands. Yeah. And he had that skin-colored hair. Mm-hmm. And they even described him as being last of the ape people. Yeah. And he, he has a very, you know, it's, it's really nice because in the previous issue, I think um, you could see a lot of the Kirby in in the artwork but in this one you see Ramita coming out and in this image especially it's kind of like a it's Ramita showing that he can do Kirby style characters but in his own style very well and it really it plays nicely and um they drag him back to to England I believe they, they yes they take everyone back England to England and we issues, go to yeah. yeah we go to the plunder plunder castle or something it's like yeah. the stately home of Lord Plunder mm-hmm. and um Feepers. 
FIPA's the butler. Yeah, FIPA's. <laughs> he's the double-crossing goon. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And there's a whole idea that there's a there's a wider uh, criminal network outside of America, which is kind of funny. In this. Yeah, so uh, Kazar ends up getting away. Daredevil's chasing him. And uh, it was FIPA's who gets on the phone and calls the, I think they said it was the International Espionage Network yeah. representative. And just in a, and we're talking a matter of 15 seconds of comic book time. Mm-hmm. He makes a phone call and, and everyone just swarms in to try to get this uh, medallion because of, I guess, the mythos of the medallion. Everybody knows that yeah. this medallion is so powerful. And so at the end of issue 13, there's a gunman who shoots this. It was like a, a, it's like a rocket. It was like a, basically a rocket, but it just stuns him, doesn't kill him, thankfully. Yeah. And that's how the issue ends. It's another cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's like a three-part story now because mm-hmm. we started with 12 here. This is the first multi. Is, yeah. Uh, but so that's where we're left at the end of issue 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did have the two-part and 10 and 11, but this is the one, oh, where, right, this right, is right. the one where it's a continual, like right. every issue Yeah, every issue from this point like forward. Join just, us next. Exactly, yeah. So issue 13 ends with Daredevil and Kazar stunned and uh, we don't know what's The crime happen. espionage syndicate mm-hmm. organization closing in. Right. And then when we get into issue 14... If this be justice. <laughs> I wrote down that title because I like a, that one. That, that is a great one. Uh, this is the finale issue. This is where everything ends up getting wrapped up with this little three-part Kazar, uh, Kazar story. And what I liked about this issue was this is when the when Mr. Plunder officially becomes the plunderer. Yeah. When he gets his costume. It's a yeah. great-looking costume. And the, the best part about it is, is he dresses all of his goons basically identical to him yeah. so they all look the same i love that he had to go out and get i i wonder how he got the measurements for them yeah, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so he's just Us going around readers, and, i don't think we're supposed to think about that <clears throat> but i like the idea of him like having a party and then going around and saying hey just quickly what's your waist size and your, your shoulders and chest yeah okay yeah. cool no 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 it's, it's, don't worry i'll let you know so through comic book magic the plunderer reacquires the medallion mm-hmm. and he uses it to create the vibra ray gun Yes. And the Viber Ray gun is the weapon that, uh, you know, he uses a piece of the the, the magical ore. Yeah. And with that weapon, he's able to zap guns and make them disintegrate. Yeah. So now he's going world domination. Yeah. I have the gun that will allow me to destroy all weapons. People are not going to, they have no chance against me. I yeah. will rule them all. Yeah. One doesn't nice, last very long. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's actually kind of, it's kind of cool. It feels like a... Um, uh, like a Bond movie where they suddenly end up on this island where there's an army base and it's like a, a big fight with everybody trying to stop him with his weapon. Um, but there was one thing before that which I really thought was fun was that uh, they, the police were equally inept in the UK as they are <laughs> depicted. It. Or they're, they're not inept. I guess they're just completely trusting of anyone yeah. that's slightly... Like they walk into the plunderer's castle and say, hey, we caught these guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, they, they were doing something bad. Leave them with me. And they're like, okay, so, sure, boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah, and they bring in the uh, the militia, I think. It's the UK police militia. Oh, no, that's later. I'm jumping way ahead. That's much later. Um, but, yeah, they, they end up on this island, and they have this great James Bond-style fight, and it's this moment that um, Daredevil realizes, using his senses, he realizes... 
why the plunderer's weapons are not being disintegrated. He hears something in the weapons that, that says, aha, I know what your secret is now. And he reveals to the world that the plunderer, who has this great machine which can destroy all weapons, but he can't destroy plastic weapons. So everyone knows now, so the plunderer is now pretty worthless. He's worthless. He's a guy in a great costume. <laughs> and, and, the, and the police that he's fighting, they're like, you might as well just you know, surrender now. Our plastic weapons are going to be here any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got them coming in. Yeah. We put in an order. There's no point of even trying. We're going to take you down. Uh, but, you know, we, we should mention one thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of love triangle going on in these yes, issues. Yes, there is. We, get, is. we do see Foggy and Karen again, which we haven't seen for a while. Yeah, uh, and um, it was actually kind of cool. So at this point, Foggy and Karen think Matt's dead. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to the Coast Guard, or, or the Coast Guard reached out to Foggy, letting him know that they haven't, they haven't, they've, they, they haven't seen a blind man. So yeah. they, everyone assumes the worst. Karen feels like he's dead. And there's a great moment where Foggy has these mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, you know, Matt's my best friend, and I don't want him to be dead. But at the same time, that means he's out of the picture, mm-hmm. so I can now have Karen to myself. Yeah. It's I don't know. Kind of classy. Not, not very classy at no. all. No. Um, and this was, this was uh, the reason that they think he's dead was, of course, because he was on his cruise. He went on his cruise when he left the law firm to get away from Right, them. right. She said and, that. And uh, yeah, that was when the plunderer originally attacked in his pirate uniform with his pirate crew in their magical boat. And it was Karen's reaction when they got the call from the Coast Guard that made Foggy if he had any doubt, that doubt's all gone. He's 100% sure now that Karen has stronger feelings for Matt than he does for himself. Yeah, yeah. And Foggy really is, is, from this point on, he's kind of... They have moments where they show him and Karen going out for meals or on dates, but it's you. you every time you hear him thinking about it, you realize that he's kind of... He, he's realizing that he's... He's second choice mm-hmm. at this stage. He's definitely not first choice. And there was there was a couple of moments where Karen was like wavering, and and, uh, and they find out that that Matt's alive because Matt actually calls him on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You guys need to come to England right now because Kazar is in prison. Yeah, and I need you to try him. You know, you need to defend him. Yeah, and without question, they just storm over there. And it's it's kind of funny. They they show over maybe two or three panels them in court, and just like the first twelve issues. Foggy's worthless. Yeah, they don't do anything. There's no point in them being there. And then legally, I don't even know if they're allowed to <laughs> be. They're allowed to be there, but uh, Kazar ends up breaking out. Mm-hmm. This was before the big battle that ended up, you know, ending it all. But one thing I did want to point out was after Foggy gets the phone call that Man is alive, he's frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of because he's going through his head. Oh, no, you know, Fog, or Matt's now entered the picture. And he actually snaps at Karen. Mm, yeah. Like snaps at her. And Karen is kind of caught off guard. And then, you know, Foggy tries to, you know, recover. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. But, man, he's kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a little temper on him, Foggy. <laughs> We've seen it when he punched the mirror previously. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 and also when they're defending because uh, I'll worthlessly defending him. I love the, the thought balloons from the, 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 the jurors and uh-huh. the other, the barristers and all the people in the court are talking about like, wow, look at this savage man. Look how, like how 
he's, he doesn't have anything on and his chest is amazing. Yes. <laughs> and I think that was like the judge or the barrister thinking that. Um, uh, and this this also introduces, I mean, it, it ends with um, the plunderer being worthless and Kazar gets gassed again and it's unconscious and they leave him unconscious, but his name is cleared. Um, but it does introduce the... It, it gets the gang back together. It gets the three of them back together, and it's like you know Matt's ready to return. But it introduces this, this repeat thing, which is uh, them saying, "Now you have to explain what's been happening." And it doesn't come up until later. But this is like the first. I think this is the first time where it's been like, "Yeah, can you what 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 happened there?" That's yeah, kind of mysterious that that happened, and Daredevil was nearby, and like the the possibility that that because before that. Of course, they thought Foggy was Daredevil. Um, but then they realized he wasn't. And then, no, that's later. No, this they happens realized. a little bit later, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's this idea that, like, the, F- Daredevil seems to be tied to these three characters. And right, they, yeah. And the idea is always like, well, you know, Karen is trying to work out if either of them know him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And this is the first time that we've seen that And start Karen, there. throughout all, all these first few issues at least three or four times in her head, she thinks, wait, is it possible that Matt's yeah. Daredevil? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, she starts to put two and two together, but then before she can even finish the thought, she's always like, oh, I'm so silly. He's blind. Yeah. He can't, he can't There's do, no he can't, way yeah, on he earth. can't be Daredevil. A blind man can't be Daredevil. <laughs> Issue 15. Oh, is a, love yes. 15. It's a return of, uh, of the ox. When I, when I read 15, I texted Jamie and I was like, this is my favorite issue so far. Yeah. And it kind it kind of sucks that my favorite issue has such a kind of a weak villain like the Ox, mm-hmm. not one of his normal rogues like Purple Man, Owl, yeah. any of those those guys. But I really really like this issue. It's very smart and and it's uh, one of the the good things it does I think is that it kind of takes Daredevil out pretty quickly mm-hmm. and it suddenly is about the the world that he lives in, and it's and it's him kind of powerless while this stuff is happening. Um, the art was amazing. Yeah, the art is fantastic. Yeah, in this and issue. there's a this this issue, if I remember correctly, it had a lot of big panels. Yeah, and up until this point, usually you know we had five or six panels per page, mm-hmm. but this had a few pages that just had you know three two to three to four different panels. Yeah, and. It, it was great to see kind of that more close-up action, and John Romita just blew it out of the park on this one. I tell you, yeah, so uh, so much good stuff. And so, I realized then as well in this that um, the 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 reads of these earlier issues are really they find their pace and they mm-hmm. find the format very quickly. <clears throat> and I know that um, uh, much later Marvel comics got weighed down in kind of heavy prose and um, especially with uh, Claremont and X-Men and a lot of exposition. Yeah, a lot of exposition, a lot of text, a lot of dialogue, and a lot of panels. And these ones are, they're really quick, easy, fun reads. You know, you get in there and it sets it up, it delivers what you want to see, and then it moves on. And it, it, it leaves enough questions that you want to come back, but it ties up enough stuff that you feel like you've finished a story. So, yeah. So, issue 15 starts out with. Foggy being sick. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because he still, he got a concussion. I forget. I think it was issue eight. It was or, issue or six. six. Mm-hmm. That's the Mr. Fear issue. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't remember us telling you in that issue, what happened was 
Foggy goes in, tries to save the day when he finds out that Mr. Fear is doing stuff at that wax museum. And in do, in doing so, he ends up getting hit by the ox. Mm-hmm. And I, can't, I don't remember if he was thrown across the room or punched, but regardless, he passes out. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up with a concussion. Yeah. And this was comic book time several months ago. Mm-hmm. But he still has, you know some problems so yeah. the concussion i guess isn't completely gone or healed yeah so that that how that's how it opens up the doctor comes and visits and is like you know what you just need to just you need some more rest yeah yeah you got a nice slap from the ox and uh, it, and mean and meanwhile and it's cool because the ox is the villain in this one so they mm-hmm. kind of tied them together so meanwhile while we're dealing with foggy's illness we cut to the ox in prison and his cellmate is a guy named... Dr. Strag. Yeah, Dr. Carl Strag. And Car- Carl Strag has promised the ox, if you break me out of... Oh, I guess break us. If you break us out of jail, I can do something to make you smarter. Mm-hmm. Ox is a... He's a dumb brute. He is all muscle, no brains. Mm-hmm. And he's intrigued by Carl Strag because of the promise of being able to, you know, for him to fix his intelligence. So mm-hmm. he goes along with it. He has reservations... But yeah. he goes along with it and is like, you know what? I'm going to break us out because I want to be smart. Yeah. And one of the big reservations is he's just irritated by yeah, Carl he's, Strag. Yeah, he's irritated. Because it's, he's, Carl Strag's trying to take his time and like has a big plan. And the ox is just like, I can just rip this out of the wall. I can just I can do this right now. Yeah, like Let's right get now. going. <laughs> <laughs> so they break out and they go back to Mr. Fear's headquarters mm-hmm. because Ox knows that place. It was so cool just to have the tie-ins and yeah. have everything relate. Um, so they go back there, and Mr. Strag pulls a fast one on the ox. Yeah. Rather than make him smarter, he has this. He builds this contraption that instead does the old brain switcheroo, mm-hmm. where he takes his brain and puts it in the ox's body. Mm-hmm. So rather than the ox become intelligent, the ox is now... He's the same, but he's no longer strong. He's now in Carl Carl Strag's frail little body. Yeah, and they really and he's just you know he's not like a, a withered, uh, weak person. He's just like a hunched, kind of nothing to him guy. Right, he's right. He's like very average and. And this was Carl Strag's plan all along. Yeah, he wanted he wanted the strength, the muscle. Of the ox, and now he has it. Yeah, he has the brains and the muscle to go and uh, be the criminal that he always wanted to be. But one part that was so cool was immediately from the beginning, he has these urges that he didn't have before. This is Carl. This is Carl Strag. Mm-hmm. He had these urges to go out and destroy stuff. Yeah, which he never had this before. But yeah. as soon as he gets in the ox's body, he wants to go, you know, bang stuff yeah, up. The drive is there. The drive is there. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a. It wasn't a straight brain switch. So then, um, you know, Daredevil or sorry, Matt, you know, finds out that the ox is out, so mm-hmm. gets into our, you know, Daredevil costume and has to go save the day. And Stra or an ox who's in Strag's body now, mm-hmm. he basically just stays back. Yeah, because he doesn't know what to do. He's yeah. confused. He doesn't have his strength and stuff. And I think I think Strag in Ox's body tells him, you know. Just stay here. I'm gonna, you know, you're worthless now. You, yeah. There's no point of even following me. You can't do anything to stop this. So, Ox is just like, oh, well, okay. 
Yeah. You know, I, I guess you're right. There's 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 no point yeah. you know, to do this to, or to do anything. And then um, Strag in Ox's body, the, the the way Daredevil finds him is he's just smashing up stuff in mm-hmm. the road. He's he's out there and he's like ripping lampposts out and smashing cars and just destroying stuff. So um, um, Daredevil is about to confront him and he sees Karen. And Karen... Karen was just walking Karen home. was walking home mm-hmm. and um, she sees the ox and says, you know, the, you've, you're free, the ox, the, you're free. And the ox, Strag, as the ox thinks, this woman seems to know this guy. Mm-hmm. This woman seems, so there's like this moment of confusion where he's like, I don't really know what I should do. I don't know this person and I don't know. So he just says, stay there. And that's when Daredevil swoops in and realizes that he's fighting someone that see, the ox seems a little off, but mm-hmm. he's fighting him. And the ox... The ox wins. Strag ox. Yeah. Rather than the ox smart strag. ox. Yeah. The, the yeah. strag ox. The is, strag uh, ox. Yeah. He, he, he gives him a pounding. He yeah. like rips out a lamppost and smacks him and knocks him out. And then... In a, <laughs> I, the love, I know bizarre. what you're going to say. I love, <laughs> I love this part. The great plan that he has. He's... See, he did, uh, Daredevil's unconscious and Karen's there. So he says, I'm going to take Karen as a prisoner. And he says, I just so happen to have another set of the ox's clothes with me. <laughs> so I'm going to dress Daredevil up as the ox mm-hmm. and uh, but this throw is, the scent off. Throw the scent off. It's genius, though, because this is where his smarts come into play. The ox would have never thought of to do something like this. But Strag knows the police are going to be out there looking for ox because an ox-like looking person mm-hmm. has been causing chaos yeah. all this stuff so if i dress daredevil as the ox yeah then they they'll 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 realize because remember the, the police are really smart yeah. in these comic books yeah they'll realize that they found the person that they're looking for and they'll stop looking for me yeah so he and, throws the baggy clothes on him <laughs> the unconscious and leaves him in his mask and his, and, his and daredevil of, costume and of course it works it works it the works. police the come police and they're like see oh him my and they're goodness. like wow Daredevil? I thought Daredevil was good, <laughs> but he's wearing the ox's clothes, so obviously, you know, he's bad now. Yeah. He, <laughs> so they throw him in jail. They, they do, yeah. yeah. They lock him up, and he and, says, I want a lawyer. <laughs> and what I like so much was Daredevil asks, he goes, did anybody take off my mask? Yeah. And the cops were like, you know, we didn't because we kind of had a debate and we didn't know if there were any laws that protected your identity. Yeah. So they didn't know. So They, they stood were... around talking about the... <laughs> so they know. just left it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Law is amazing in this book, I tell you yeah. what. And uh, I think they just take everything at face value. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're, they're particularly dumb because some of them, you hear them talking and they're not, they're not presented as being complete dimwits. It's just like... Oh no! We live in this crazy world where there's these superheroes, and we, you know, rather than trying to overthink it, and you see some of this come up later in later issues where other heroes guest star, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of overthinking. If you mm-hmm. see something, it's never like, oh look, there's that person. I'll just accept that it's that person. They always overthink. So I think the police are just like, we're not getting into that. We're just okay. You're dressed up as this guy. Where you're under arrest. We'll sort this out later. Exactly, and they're watching TV. They see that the ox is, yeah. the, the real ox is out now causing chaos, yeah. so they realize, well, I guess we can release Daredevil yeah. now. Cause oh, you're free did, to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything, so yeah. oops, we were wrong. Yeah, so um, the ox, the uh, strag ox, drags Karen back to the, uh, the um, uh, 
the wax the museum. Wax museum. Yeah. The I've forgotten his name now. Mister Fear. Mister Fear. Thank you. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Mass Marauder, but that's later. No, that's later. Another. Um, and and uh, the uh, um, Oxtrag. What way are we doing it around? Well, Stragox is the strong <laughs> one. Oxtrag is the the normal one. The normal um, one. Yeah. Oxtrag is there, and he's still sort of cowering. And then there's this great moment where he's just kind of, you know, he's had it. He doesn't want. He's like, how dare this guy take the one thing I had, which was my strength. Mm-hmm. And he uses something that's on like a gimbal runner, a big piece of machinery, and throws it at the ox, runs it on the runner to hit Stragox and knock him down and rescues Karen in this, mm-hmm. this great moment where he's like, we've got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is the moment when uh, Stragox kind of recovers from this being stunned and goes out in the street and he realizes that his intelligence is starting to waver slightly. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, the strength is there, but his smarts aren't really there and he's starting to lash out more. And at the same time, the original ox in Strag's body is realizing that he's becoming a little bit smarter. Yeah. So it's such a cool twist. Yeah. It, it really is, Jamie. Yeah. Daredevil ends up showing up. They have a big battle. Yeah. It, it ends up on the top of a roof. Mm-hmm. Th- this is uh, with um, Strag, who's an ox's body. Yeah. They have this big battle, and ultimately he th- he dives. Uh, yeah, Strag dives at Daredevil. Daredevil jumps out of the way and basically throws himself off the roof. Yeah. And quote unquote, I'm going to say dies because it doesn't say at the end when he hits the ground, there's a crowd around him. And we don't know yeah. if um, Stragonox's body's dead or not. But uh, it was such a cool twist because it was neat that. And, oh, and I should say this at that point, right when he dives, Strag's intelligence have now basically equaled that of the ox. Yeah. So it's still yeah. Strag's mind. He's still in the ox's body, but he's now as dumb as the ox. Yeah. He's just full of anger and rage. Yeah. And he's like, it's this flashing rage that is there. It's presented as him seeing like just red and, and, um, and the ox in Strag is bo- Strag's body. Uh, he's part of the crowd and he walks away and he decides that he's going to have another go. But it's kind of, it's nice. That he says, I'm going to go back to prison and try and have a, better life i'm gonna yeah, go he, back serve my time and uh and, and make something of himself he yeah. wants to use these new and use this new intelligence yeah. and actually be somebody for good yeah and you know overall i mean every daredevil issue up into this was it was mostly about daredevil proving himself and beating his foe but this was more about the villains and it was, it was just a, it was so good i don't know yeah. i don't know what to say i just I liked it a lot. And, yeah. And man, John Romita, his art in this one, I tell you, it was good. Yeah, this was, I think this was the one where he really let go and was like really comfortable doing, doing the work on it. Um, and then, um, and it's actually, it's, a, it's an issue that ends. It's in, and, you know, it has a end in. And it was refreshing to see Daredevil back in New York too. Yeah. It was fun, the, the Savage Land episodes, him on Savage the boat. That the was all, and yeah, the... it was all great being in England and everything. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, it's nice to see him in his normal element again, especially yeah. since we have a new artist and we're introducing new villains too, which yeah. I think that ends up popping up uh, in the next issue, in issue mm-hmm. 16. Mm-hmm. Yes. Issue 16 introduces the Master Marauder. Yes. And I, for some reason, I, I thought that he had been around before, but this is the first it's first appearance yeah. yeah, Daredevil 16. So, and it's a, it's a, we don't know who this person is. They're masked and they're kind of running things and... Um, uh, organizing a criminal unit to uh, to try and take over 
the this this comes up later where he wants to be the head of the magia mm-hmm. which is the uh, the mafia basically but um the european crime network has lost their boss recently and they're looking for a replacement and he wants he's throwing his his mask into the ring yeah um this this issue and the next issue uh, guest star spider-man and this is the first time that daredevil has interacted with another superhero we had matt meet fantastic four back in issue two um but it was as matt and he became their lawyer i believe um or he was going over some legal documents for them. Oh, for Fantastic Four, he, yeah. he uh, they wanted him to check the lease. The lease or on he, the, They wanted the him Baxter to write building. up a, a lease agreement for the Baxter building because yeah. there were some issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably having all that <laughs> thing. Yeah, the, the negative zone <laughs> machines and all of that stuff, probably. Um, so uh, it starts, and I kind of like this because it, it, it calls back to um, that idea that Matt is still very concerned with what people think of daredevil you know mm-hmm. he wants oh, yeah. to be he, he there, there's a lot of ego in him there's a lot of like i want to be the best hero that i can be and you know as he's only human in in this world where there's a lot of super human people mm-hmm. he works really hard to to keep up and to maintain being you, a hero you're right and <clears throat> in in issue 16 it actually starts off with they're on the TV, we mm-hmm. see Spider-Man fighting the Mass Marauders men. Yeah, and there's a debate going on between who's better. Yeah, Spider-Man or Daredevil? And obviously, you know, Daredevil wants Karen to think that Spider-Man's better, and, and she kind of, or sorry, that Daredevil's better. Yeah, and she kind of does side with him, but obviously, Foggy yeah. is all about, you know, oh, it's all Spider-Man this, Spider-Man that, yeah. you know, which <laughs> and he gets a little angry. It's kind of funny. He's yeah. like, well, I don't trust this guy. He's he's uh, he's a bit of a weirdo. Um, and then the Mask Marauder has this great plan. We 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 after they've uh, after Matt kind of pulls back because he thinks, oh, I might be giving away too much. They might suspect that I'm connected. Um, the Mask Marauder reveals his plan, which is to dress a bunch of goons up as Daredevil and go out and irritate Spider-Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the whole and the whole point of doing this is he wants to draw out the real Daredevil, mm-hmm. have Spider-Man confront him, have them fight, and that way it'll be a distraction mm-hmm. so he can then go and actually steal something. Yeah. While all the cops and and all the, you know, look looky loos and everybody are focused on Daredevil and Spider-Man fighting, yeah. he can go commit the crime. Yeah. But there's this great sequence where um, he has all of these guys dressed up as Daredevil and he's telling them the plan. And this one guy says, I, I'm not into this. This is, <laughs> I, I don't think I can take Spider-Man on. This is Shut ridiculous. Up, you. Yeah, and he's, You'll do what I tell you to do. He zaps him and blinds him. He reveals that he has the... Yeah. Uh, oh, so, let's talk about that for a second. I really liked his... I thought it was a, I thought it was a different type of... Uh, uh, a different type of, I guess, weapon. Yeah. And it works perfectly for Daredevil because you know it's going to come across that that it's not going to work on Daredevil yeah. because it's a blind is a mechanism that blinds mm-hmm. and he shoots it from his eyes. Yeah. It's kind of like um, that TV show uh, mask where it's like, um, um, I'm trying to think of the villains. Was it Miles Morales was the villain or something like that? Or is that the new Spider-Man? Yeah, that, that's the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Miles Mayhem. Miles that's Mayhem. what it is. I knew it was Miles I've something. Seen, I've never seen that show. <clears throat> well, he had this kind of helmet on the, the yeah, projected a uh, as a beam out of it, and this beam that the mass marauder shoots from his eyes, it only blinds temporarily. And I yeah. think he has 
he can control the power of blindness mm-hmm. too. So it can be like a short period of blind or who knows, maybe he can turn it all the way to full blast and blind them permanently. Yeah. We don't actually see that, but uh, yeah, he's able to control the power. Yeah. So we, we see Spider-Man out doing his thing, swinging, web swinging, and uh, John Romita is showing that he can draw him. Yeah. And um, basically... He shouldn't, what he should have done was not him draw him so well. <laughs> so then that way Stan Lee would have been like, you know yeah. what, I don't want you to jump on Spider-Man. We'll find somebody else and you can stay with Daredevil. Yeah, I think so um, awesome. John Romita has said that he felt uncomfortable doing it at first because Steve Ditko's uh, style was so distinct and the, yeah. the look of Spider-Man was very, you know, he was a very... Uh, scrawny, angular. It was a teen dressed in this superhero costume, but it was awkward and gangly, and and it fit the the look very much. And John Romita turned him into this kind of handsome, um, more buff version of, of Spider Man. But it took him a while to find that. Um, and he draw he draws him here as being Spider Man. You know, it's the Spider Man that most people would recognize rather than he he's changed a little bit though because. Spider-Man is much, I, I don't, he's even a little bit bigger than Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He draws yeah. him a little bit buffer. Yeah. And that's, Spider-Man, he doesn't look like that. He, no. Yeah, in today's comic book, he's much smaller, sleeker, yeah. kind of like the tone muscle versus the big muscle. Mm-hmm. And he even, I think Daredevil even says at one point that he can he can sense that he's young. He can sense that he's he's not, you know, he says that the, the heart rate and the, the feel of this guy is someone that's a, a young guy and he even says something like listen kid and he gets angry mm-hmm. Spider-Man gets angry and he's like oh I should have known I shouldn't have done that but you, yeah, the first time we see Spider-Man he's kind of swinging around and these kind of chubby guys in Daredevil costumes are throwing fake billy clubs at him to irritate him and he's just going what, what is going on what are you doing <laughs> why are you doing this to me and there's a couple of great sequences where he's like snared by one he's like <laughs> are you kidding me and snaps it and thrown one and it misses him and he's just getting kind of irritated by, <laughs> by these guys dressed yeah. as Daredevil. And, and it's so funny how, you know, he's so good at, or Spider-Man is so good at, you know, finding villains and mm-hmm. beating villains. But these guys who are nobodies dressed as Daredevil, every time they attack him, they get away. Yeah. And he's like, well, where do they go? Yeah. I, I, I can't find them. And I think, I think um, they're quite smart because I don't know if they say this explicitly, but the, the impression I got was that he's kind of like looking up and he's expecting like Daredevil. Daredevil would be up here on the rooftop. Right. And these guys are just like running down yeah. in the alleyways. Why, and why like, is oh. he down there by that <laughs> semi? Um, uh, Spider-Man eventually finds the real Daredevil who's heard that he's out running around irritating Spider-Man. So he goes to investigate mm-hmm. and stops him. And he's like, okay, buddy, what's the deal here? You are getting really annoying. And they have this this great fight. And um, there's uh, there's a, a kind of thing that they do a lot in, um, in this series early on, especially where... Daredevil fights someone who is considerably stronger and it's a lot of it is dependent on his wits and senses and agility. Um, but they always have to kind of, you know, it's his own book, so they kind of balance it out a little bit and they imply that, that Spider-Man's holding back a little bit because otherwise it would be over in seconds. Right. So they, it's another chance for Daredevil to be creative. To be, He has to use his creativity yeah. to, to beat the villain or in this case, you know, Spider-Man because he can't, he can't match the strength or... Can't match the speed. Yeah, yeah, and I remember they used to have these great um, I, the strength charts of the Marvel Universe. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever remember. That. I do. On the back, I used to collect the trading cards. Yeah. On the back of the trading cards, uh, Daredevil was just a two, yeah. which is the which means he can lift up to eight hundred pounds. Uh-huh. And Spider Man was a four, yeah. which I think was can lift 
between two tons and four tons or it's something like that. Yeah. yeah somebody sent us a message and let us know for yeah, sure. But yeah. I think it was, I think it was four. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely a four and he could lift over two tons. Yeah. I think yeah. it went Hulk, Thor, thing. And then it kind of, yeah. Hulk and Thor were both seven. Seven was the max number. Yeah. Thing was a six. I remember. Yeah. I used to collect all these cards. I love them. Oh, they, they were so good. And I, and Wolverine was a two. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. No, I loved it because just because, I mean, they could have given him some type of super strength or something yeah. just because. The only thing I've ever seen with Wolverine um, to, to to say that he would be stronger is that his bones would be so heavy that he would, he would be, it would be like permanently weightlifting for him to be moving around. So he has acquired like a, a an advanced level right. of strength. Um but that's that's like you know it's Silver Surfer was also a seven. Silver Surfer, who is awesome. Yeah, I love Silver Surfer. Oh yeah, we could do a whole podcast about him. Oh too. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, the, these two guys, we digress. These two yeah, guys sorry. are fighting on a rooftop, and um, and the Mass Marauder goes and reveals his plan, and he has this fantastic truck, oh, which has a great truck. It's like the size of it's it's basically a semi truck. Yeah, yeah. But it has, and this is something that, that a lot of Daredevil uh, villains have. He, he has something that's hydraulic <laughs> in the truck. Um, we've encountered a lot of hydraulicism. Is that, I don't even know if that's a word, but there's a lot of <laughs> hydraulics in this world. Um, yes. We'll get into that with the Beetle. The Beetle next is hydraulic, episode, yeah. yeah. Um, so they drive this truck to a building and they extend this tunnel up to the, the floor of the building that they want to go to to steal these plans for a car that they... Um, there's this like super advanced vehicle and uh you know the mass marauder he, he, he gets these guys stealing the stuff the police try and stop him and he just zaps them and uh they steal the plans they drive off they say we'll meet back at my but there's a great bit where they're like okay let's get out of here and he's like no this is we're gonna split up and i'll meet you back and you the know, xb390 engine yeah that was one of the questions i was gonna ask oh, oh well, hey, there you go <laughs> i remember the name good work Hopefully you came up with another question. I did. I, I, I marked had, out several. Yeah, yeah. I, I had two listed too. So hopefully you don't <laughs> get my question. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear the last podcast, at the end of the podcast, we're going to do a question section, and uh, we each come up with a question that we're going to uh, tell the other person or ask the other person that we're going to try to stump them based off of the reading material that we're going over in each podcast, yeah. as well as go over any questions that you guys have as well too. Yes. Um, so while that's going on, we cut back to. Daredevil and Spider-Man are still fighting on the rooftop. (laughs) And uh, Daredevil finally gets away where he he kind of spins his... uh, He he kind of pulls a a Spider-Man move on him, on Spider-Man, which is kind of cool. He spins his uh, billy club uh, nylon line around him and wraps him around a post and uh, jumps out of there. And Spider-Man's strong enough to get out of it, but he's kind of just calming down at this stage. And then it's the the great thing here is that there's this great moment where you have... Spider-Man has attacked Daredevil because he's been irritated by him. Daredevil's defended himself because he's wondering why Spider-Man's attacking him. And then there's this whole thing of like, why why was he attacking me? Is he in on the bad guy's side? Or is this guy part of this bad guy's plan? Because they later find out that the robbery has happened and they, they both think, oh, it, was a distra- it was a distraction. Was that guy in on it? So it keeps this tension there and it keeps this animosity there between them where you know, they could very easily say, we were duped let's go and stop him together. But they still are like, no, I don't trust you. And I don't trust you. And that, so there's, that's still there. And then Daredevil decides that he's going to use one of Spider-Man's greatest adversaries, J. Jonah Jameson. 
<laughs> to stir up some more of their hatred. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> um, he discovers that the the X uh, the XB three ninety engine has stolen, and um, you know Spider Man's annoyed, Daredevil's annoyed that they they let this happen under their watch, kind of thing, and they. Um, uh, the, the J. Jonah Jameson is irritated as usual because Spider-Man has <laughs> done something bad but there's no pictures and he's kind of right. shouting. So Matt goes back to the office and he sees Foggy and Karen there and then Spider-Man swing in nearby while Matt, Karen and Foggy are in the office and he Spider-Sense detects that Daredevil is in the office. That's one thing I didn't know Spider-Man could do. I didn't know that Spider-Man had the ability with his spider senses to sense specific people. Yeah. I knew that he sensed danger, but I, I didn't know he, he could sense different levels of danger, and it's like a repeat sense. Because so there's you're something... saying because he fought Daredevil, he sees Daredevil as being a danger, yeah. and he senses that specific danger. Yeah, I think that's what okay. happens. And um, so he's he's swinging by, and he's like, "There's three people in this office. One of them's a woman." No chance. Yeah, no chance that she would be Daredevil. One of them's a blind guy. Absolutely no, no chance. No way. Foggy. Foggy. And he even says this great line. He looks like he's a little, you know, he's a little on the chubby side, yeah. but he's chubbier yeah, than yeah. I would have yeah. thought. Yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe he could. He could be Daredevil. Maybe. Yeah. So he bursts in, smashes the window, which is a mm-hmm. and and. Uh, uh, I'll bring this up later because there's a there's a great one later on, but there is a lot of window smashing. Oh <laughs> this comic. yeah, like there is window smashing left, right, and center. But they smash the window, which is uh, he bursts in and grabs Foggy and uh, like holds him up and says, "Okay, Daredevil, stay where you are." This is the line. He says, "Everyone, stay where you are. Nobody will be hurt except Daredevil." And grabs Foggy and pulls his fist back as though he's going to hit him. And then we have this moment of like. Matt says, I can't do anything because it will reveal that I'm Daredevil in front of everyone, but I've got to... I know, and, you know, this has happened too many times Mm -hmm. where Matt has decided to stay back and let his friends potentially get beat up, kidnapped, because (laughs) he can't let the world know that he's Daredevil. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you just tell those two. Yeah, just tell those guys. Your whole life would be easier. Make them promise not to tell anybody. But although I would say in a later issue, which we'll, we'll cover here, I, I can kind of understand him. There's a bit which I'll, I'll bring up when yeah. we get to that <laughs> issue, which makes me think maybe he's got a point. Um, and so that is the end of issue 16. Issue 17 goes straight into um, straight into it with, with Spider-Man. Rather than just holding him now, he's hanging him out the window. Out the window, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, and they do that great thing of the, the shadow, the daredevil. The shadow yeah, of Matt I, shows the daredevil costume. Yeah. And what's so funny is they're all in such close proximity, but Matt is just standing by, and Karen is trying her hardest to yeah. get Spider-Man it's off like, of get Foggy. Off of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he eventually kind of calms down a little bit, pulls him in, and says, "I'm watching you." Gives him like a, a finger wagon, and they're like, "Hey, what about the window, buddy? You gonna pay for that?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, you can. You can sue me." He jumps out the window. But what's great with this moment is that Foggy, this is. The genius Foggy that we're talking about here. Foggy realizes Spider-Man just, you know, accused me of being Daredevil in front of Karen. Hmm. I wonder if I should go with this. Yeah. This is a huge plot point over the next several issues where Foggy's like, you know what? 
this is my chance to be mm-hmm. met. This is my chance to have Karen like me. Yeah. I've like heard Karen's talk looking before, at me differently. Yeah. I've heard talk before coming from Karen where she's been like, oh, Daredevil's so great, so amazing. If she thought that I was Daredevil, maybe she'd be into me. So it's great, too. There's so many moments where, you know, Stanley did a great job with this. There's so many moments when when Foggy leaves these subtle little hints that he's Daredevil without Mm -hmm. saying it. Mm Kind of like, well, I could have been there or, you know, that's something that I that I that I could do. But 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 doesn't say that if he is or if he isn't, Mm -hmm. it's it's great. Yeah. And it irritates Matt as well, which is <laughs> yeah. fantastic. What? Yeah, he's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Now, do you think Matt is more irritated that that uh, Foggy's potentially putting himself in danger, or is he more irritated now that Foggy's getting the edge with Karen? I think he's irritated about getting the edge, even though he keeps saying, does he not realize how dangerous this could be? It's definitely about Karen. <laughs> it's, it's about definitely Karen. definitely about Karen. It's always about Karen. Yeah. So they, they leave, and, and Foggy's like, I've got to go home. It's a pretty tiring day. And do you think he's possibly Daredevil? They whisper as if even that's <laughs> like anything is possible, I guess. I don't know. Deary me. And then um, he quickly gets into his Daredevil garb and he's come up with a plan. And he goes to the building where the uh, the plans were stolen and hears that the plans for the, the car, the vehicle, are, mm-hmm. are, are worthless without the formula for the right. fuel. So he's thinking, aha, I know what to do. And this is when he goes to J. Jonah Jameson. He goes right. to J. Jonah Jameson and says, listen, Spider-Man messed up. He's he's helped steal these these plans, but they're worthless. And J. Jonah Jameson, being a complete knucklehead, <laughs> just gets, he, he says, can you put something in your paper? And he's like, I can do better than yeah. that. And he books <laughs> some airtime, gets on the, the radio and the television and, and basically just sits there saying, no, no, the plans are worthless without the formula and Spider-Man's a jerk. And Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson is doing this all because he wants Daredevil to, or sorry, that he wants Spider-Man to just be brought down. Yeah. He doesn't like Spider-Man. He doesn't He doesn't even think about any of the ramifications that about any of this. No. Because Daredevil, his whole point of getting wanting J. Jonah Jameson to do this is to have the mass marauder go back to the scene of the crime mm-hmm. to steal the the I guess the plans for how to fuel mm-hmm. the engine. Yeah, and obviously everyone at the building, you know, where the crime happened, they're they're hearing this and they're like, like "What is that great. idiot doing? So what is he good. doing? <laughs> He's going to come back here now. Yeah, it just, have to it, hire more bodyguards." It cuts through to what everyone's reaction is, and it's like Spider Man going, "Are you kidding me? I could, he blames me for everything." And Daredevil's like, "I can't believe he fell for it." And then um, the Marauders like, "Oh, really? I missed something. Okay, well, we'll fix that." And then yeah, the, the CEOs are all like, "Um," but there's this great shot of one of the guys right in the, the foreground holding his head like, no, come on, <laughs> you idiot. Why would you do that? Now we're all in a danger and Daredevil's listening in and he knows it's worked. And uh, so this is where we get back to uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil bump into each other and there's a thing of like, like you're helping the Masked Marauder. You were distracting me. And it's like, no, you were distracting me. And then they, they have another little fight and it's like, yeah. <laughs> Just because we can, this gives, you know, Stan Lee to see some more Spider-Man action. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's pretty. It's a pretty good fight. I really yeah. liked it. They do a good job, considering that you've got a guy in a red costume and a guy in a blue and red costume. They, they make right. a good point of the body language and the moves flow really well. There's a great page that's six panels where they're just like throwing punches at each other and kicks and dodging and stuff like that and spider-man punches the ground so hard that oh the, the rooftop that they're on so hard he cracks the rooftop mm-hmm. and that's when dead was like oh Ooh, maybe this, this guy's a little too strong yeah, for me maybe i should be careful 
So as you at home can all guess, of, of course they end up realizing that, you know, mm-hmm. that they should be teaming up together, not fighting each yeah. other. They see a blimp. Yeah, they see a blimp. <laughs> and they see that the mass marauder, they see what the mass marauder is doing. Yeah. And so a, a battle between the three of them um, ensues here. And it's funny. Uh, well, it's not funny. It's predictable. So we mentioned the power that the mass marauder has, how he can blind people with this opto ray that he shoots from his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he uses it on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man is becomes blind, so he's now temporarily unavailable to fight. And then he uses it on Daredevil. And it does nothing to Daredevil. It does nothing. Daredevil doesn't stop him one bit because he's yeah. already blind. So Daredevil actually kind of takes the, uh, you know, he takes control of the fight while Spider-Man is indisposed. Yeah. Which yeah. is great because, it's, you know, this is a perfect example of one situation where Daredevil is better than Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, if any time they're fighting the same guy and, and one of them gets blind, Daredevil has the advantage. Yeah. And they have this, uh, again, we'll go over this in episode five, but they have something that, that is similar where they uh, encounter someone that can hypnotize. And, yeah. of course, you can't hypnotize a blind guy. So, um, And then Daredevil does something which is pretty ballsy. <laughs> he, he sees that the... The Marauder's gang is getting away, so he picks up a gun and shoots the blimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the blimp explodes. The blimp explodes. And there's a great sequence <laughs> where it's like... Do, do, we should talk about why the the blimp was a... Uh, uh, what was the name of the company that they're stealing the engine from? Oh, that was my other question, Danny. Oh, okay. Well, oh, no, it's not. Okay, uh, good. Well, It's the... Uh, um, yeah, this is why the... the uh, Weld Motors... So the reason there's a blimp above World Motors was because uh, the mass marauder, they needed to find a way to get back into the building to steal the plans on how to fuel the, uh, the, engine, the, the engine. So uh, they steal uh, one of their blimps, and they figure if they're in a blimp for, for the company, that they, uh, they'll be able to you know, yeah. sneak in without anybody yeah, no noticing them. Yeah, that that's why there was a blimp there, and why they showed up in a blimp. Yeah, and that's why the guards are on the ground, and they're like, "Oh, look, it's yeah. for the company. It's fine. Yeah. We won't do anything." So Daredevil shoots the blimp; it explodes, and then in the next panel, he, he very he's, he thinks it's lucky that this rooftop is fireproof because yeah. the whole thing comes crashing down. He's like, "It's lucky <laughs> this is a reinforced rooftop that's fireproof because yeah, yeah. that could have been a lot worse." <laughs> Not only is he a lawyer, <laughs> he knows roofs. Yeah, he knows roofs. <laughs> He does. So the mass marauder ends up getting away at the end, and mm-hmm. he gets away by knocking out an officer and stealing his clothes yeah. and leaving. And he does this, of course, while Spider-Man, who's regained his vision, and Daredevil are there. Yeah. But they just weren't looking yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Boy, if, if I knocked out a guard and stole his clothes and got dressed in his clothes, that would take me at least a minute, There's maybe a two minutes. quick dressing in this <laughs> yeah, series. there is. There's a fantastic one, which I think is in the next issue. I'm going to... You're going to go into that yeah. one. Awesome. Well, um, before we go on to 18, one thing I did want to say was um, there are some great fight scenes between Spider-Man and Daredevil in both 16 and 17. But one thing I got a kick of, or I got a kick out of, was the names that they would call each other. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could be wrong, but I think Daredevil, oh, sorry, I think Spider-Man was the first character to call Daredevil Hornhead. Yeah. And that's pretty cool because other than Man Without Fear, I'd say Hornhead is what he's mm-hmm. referred to the most. Yeah. Um, so I have a list here. I, I wrote them down because I didn't want to forget any. <laughs> um, but I, I wrote down... Um, some of the names that they called each other. And Daredevil wins, by the way. Daredevil has the way better creative names that, that he calls Spider-Man. So these are some of the ones that Spider-Man calls Daredevil. Hornhead, which I, which I mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
red garbed goon, crimson creep, and crimson cut up. <laughs> Those are good, but just wait till you hear what Daredevil calls Spider Man. This is while they're fighting, by the way. Mm-hmm. A hot headed juvenile troublemaker. Yeah. A webhead, which is also something that mm-hmm. uh, Spider Man gets called frequently. Wacky web slinging wonder. Night crawling nincompoop. <laughs> And one of my personal favorites, Juvenile Jumping Jack in the Box. There you go. So it's so, it's so creative. I, I, I love the writing and stuff in this issue. It just it, it, it made so much fun. It made, yeah. it made the fights fun. And and if you take a look at the characters now, that still kind of fits into Spider-Man's personality. Mm-hmm. He's, when he fights crime, he still talks to, to the bad guys. He calls them names, makes these jokes. But this is not what Daredevil does anymore in no. the comics. So he's completely changed. Yeah, he wouldn't be calling the person he's fight, fighting a nincompoop. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the end of the issue has a great moment where the the masked marauder, as the the cop that he or the guard or whatever he's this the the costume he's stolen is leaving, and he overhears Foggy pretending to like trail him, leading on Karen about possibly being Daredevil, and he's like, I, I can't talk about this, <laughs> and the guy the marauder thinks. Uh, Wait a second, this guy's Daredevil? Interesting. So yeah. it leaves it open. It's like, okay. So that's that's there. Um, issue 18. Another great issue. Another great issue. Yeah. And this one was co-written by Denny O'Neill. Yeah. Um, Stanley put a little thing at the beginning saying yeah. he had to go on vacation and he only had time to write the first seven pages. Yeah. So Dennis O'Neill comes over and uh, takes over the rest of takes it. Takes up the slack. Now this one is actually, it's a really good fun issue. Yeah. Um, I love the Gladiator. He's oh, one of too. my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, the gist of it is that we're introduced to the Gladiator. And once again, we don't find out his name. Um, that comes later. It's kind of interesting that a lot of the villains in this early run haven't, haven't got names. We only find out, I think Wilbur Day and we find out that the purple man is Kilgrave, mm-hmm. but that's it. That's it. Everyone else is just their villain name. Even when they're being um, processed in the police station, it's like, okay, well, here you go, owl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we meet we meet the gladiator. Who um, is it? Melvin Potts. That's his name, isn't it? Potter. Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I was trying to remember. I didn't want to read ahead, and I was trying <laughs> to remember. Um, uh, but we don't know his name yet. We yeah. uh, we meet him because Foggy is buying a costume. Yeah, he he, he wants to go buy out. a Daredevil costume. Yeah. yeah, he's going for it. Yeah, he wants Karen to think that he's Daredevil. And what better way yeah. than to have a Daredevil costume that he could just you know put in a desk drawer that was his in plan. the office? I, I love that his plan is like <laughs> if I just leave this in a drawer and then ask her to get something and act like really surprised. Oh, the, oh, don't worry, ignore that. Um, so he goes to to uh, a costumeer's. Uh, workshop and this guy has a store where he makes superhero costumes and supervillain costumes um, and he's he's incredible that's one of the things about the gladiator which they, they kept is that he's an incredible um, kind of almost an inventor but a right. like wardrobe inventor yeah and uh, this gave us a this gave us a chance to see once again a lot of other superheroes yeah. even though they're just costumes they're on just mannequins costumes, yes. but we've got to see a lot of really cool ones um, and he meets up with the, 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 we find out he's the gladiator, but he's, uh, he says, I'll, I'll make you a costume and, uh, gets a little like snappy and angry. Cause that's his thing. He's yeah. just annoyed at people generally. Yeah. He, yeah. The gladiator does not like superheroes. No. He, he feels like the, they're nothing without the costume. Yeah. They're just normal people. And the only reason anyone, you know, cares about them at all 
all the hoopla. It's all over the fact that they're dressed in costumes. Yeah, and it's kind of nice that he's not discerning. He doesn't like heroes or villains. He just thinks they're, they're kind of clowns. And he decides that what he's going to do is make the best costume that it will make him able to defeat anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing that in the back room when Foggy right. comes in. Um, and Foggy being there, it's perfect because he comes up with an idea yeah. for him to... Sorry, the gladiator comes up with an idea to, you know make him his his first public appearance yeah as who we find out is to be the gladiator and to use foggy as his guinea pig yeah so he says uh hey why why do you want this costume you're trying to impress a woman well what would be more impressive you leaving the costume around or you fighting a super villain and it's like i'm i'm listening he <laughs> yeah. says, how about this you meet this this deserted dock in a really rough neighborhood and uh and uh, I'll fight you. I'll put on the fight. And then he gets into his costume. Um, we don't see it for a while. We, we actually see him just still working on it. Um, Foggy discovers him working on it. And then we have this great panel of Foggy dressed up as Daredevil, trying on the costume, and he's a little sort of paunchy and <laughs> holding in his guts. And he's like, man, you know, maybe... maybe I love that image. Good <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 I think he says... Um, uh, he goes, it takes... A lot, no, he, uh, what does he say? It takes, oh, more, it takes than more than a costume uh, to make a man look like a superhero yeah. as he's standing there he's in front of the mirror patting his, his patting belly. His belly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Daredevil overhears this and he's like, he, this is a crazy idea. I've got to keep an eye on this guy. And uh, he tracks him. You know, he's, he's, he uses a helicopter and a taxi cab to follow. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, we know that uh, Matt probably cares more about the fact that Foggy pretending to be Daredevil gives him the edge with Karen, but he's real Daredevil. Excuse me, Matt is really decide or really figuring out that, you know, if Foggy continues to do this, he's going to be putting himself and more importantly Karen in danger. Yeah, and so he has to follow. Yeah, yeah. And he t- Foggy does the, the dumbest thing. He gets in a cab and takes him to the place. He's like, um, I've just got to do something. He says, let's go out on a date. And this of is him Karen, and Karen, yeah, yeah. yeah. Karen's interested in going out on a date because she thinks he's Daredevil at the moment. And he says, just before we go, there, I've got to do a quick errand and takes her to this really rough neighborhood where the gladiator is going to make some. And then we, we, we cut back while this is going on to see the gladiator suiting up. And he's just, it's such a great outfit. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, probably... Probably the coolest villain outfit so far. I did like Mr. Fears yeah. because I like the mask and the cloak and the hood. But, I mean, the gladiator's outfit, he's got the, he's got the mask that has the breathing uh, apparatus in it. Mm-hmm. He, he's got uh, the boots that have the, the sharp edges that he can, you know, yeah. like cut with. And, and then he's got the, the, the wristbands with the blades that can spin really, really fast to mm-hmm. use as shields. But also, we find out he can hover a little bit mm-hmm. with like they, they give him the uh, I guess they spin so fast that they give him the ability to hover up in yeah. the air so he can kind of leap and, and get dragged a little I bit I wouldn't want to fight a guy with, with spinning, spinning blades, blades on his alone, yeah. that'd be but, scary yeah and he's pretty you know he has a, an armored plate in the front to keep him and he's got a great super. mustache too yes and he's he's a pretty buff guy anyway so you yeah. know he's kind of he's, it, there's a great uh, uh, single image single page image of him in his costume the first time and he's just mm-hmm. ready to go and you see that he's like a pretty formidable looking opponent for, for Daredevil and he kind of smacks a few mannequins around while he's getting ready build, psyching himself up to go and right. fight Foggy <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we end up in the uh, 
in the the um, the dock. The, yeah, the dock. It's always near water. Yeah, and All there's these this, near water. I love that the Foggy's like, "Hang on, wait here. Yeah, w- I'm gonna go get changed." And then he's like, getting changed slowly. And he's like, yeah. "This is this is tricky." Yeah, the gladiator <laughs> shows up and, and basically makes he makes his presence known. He's like, "Hey there, you know, like come here. I'm gonna beat yeah. you up or whatever." He says, "I can't remember." <laughs> and then Foggy's like, "Hey, Karen, just step to the side here a little bit." I got to get dressed into my daredevil outfit. And it's like a whole page yeah. of Foggy getting dressed. Like, and it's oh. so hard for him. He's like, man, it's yeah. hard to like, <laughs> where should I put my clothes? Yeah. Now? It's like, why did <laughs> the suit I'm wearing is too tight over my daredevil yeah. outfit. He's getting the, the mask on. He's like, this is so itchy. I shouldn't have paid for this. Should have used a better costume maker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the Billy club is kind of flimsy. This is awful. And, and meanwhile, the gladiator is just waiting. Yeah, and he keeps saying, any second now, yeah, I like, challenge you. Yeah, this is the last up. chance. <laughs> and Daredevil's watching as well. This should be noted. Daredevil's just standing there going, what, a idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> well, you know what? I might as well go. He leaves, right? No, he's still watching. This is the one oh, where okay. he's still watching. And what happens is that Foggy runs in and slips as he's running. And the gladiator punches him. And he's like, he slips and gets hit. So it's it kind of... They do the thing, the, the the mechanics of making sure that the foggy isn't getting hit as hard as Daredevil really would be hit. So right. the, the way around it is that he runs in, Gladiator punches him, but just as he the punch lands, Foggy of course slips and falls over. So he's like, he's lucky that he slipped. And then the Gladiator is standing over him, and um, he sees that Karen's running, so he leaps after her, and that's when we see him being pulled up by the the wrist blades. Right, they lift him up, and then. The real Daredevil steps in and says, I've got to put a stop to this. And Because Karen's about to get Not Foggy. He, he, no, but yeah, Karen. about Karen. <laughs> but we should also point out here that the gladiator thinks it's Foggy coming back to fight. Yeah. He, he doesn't notice that it's a different person that he's yeah. fighting. He thinks, well, this guy's actually got a few few uh, good tricks. And, and, and you know what? Considering the fact that the gladiator made the fake Daredevil costume, yeah. he must have made a pretty darn good one if yeah. he couldn't notice the difference. Well, he's, he's good. Yeah. We know he's good. Um, and then there's this, this is bizarre. Um, I, I kept kind of flicking back and forth on this. There's a bit where, uh, Karen sees a police car and she flags it over and I, there must be three policemen in this car. Cause I couldn't get my head around at some stage, the car leaves, but there's still two policemen there. And there's like three names that are used for the policeman, but you can only see two of them. But I think there is three. I think it's just one of them's kind of hidden in the shadows. Cause it's like, uh, Hey, like, it's like, Hey Joe, um, okay, Mac, get back to the station. Okay, Chuck. <laughs> Just like, wait, where is the other policeman in this? Um, so he, one policeman takes Karen away and the other two are there while the gladiator and dead have a fight. And it's a pretty good fight. And it's another one of those where, you know, it's it flows beautifully. And this is where Ramita is really strong as, a, yeah. as a, an artist is that these fight sequences aren't like little snapshots of moments. You get a real sense of one move lead into the next move, lead into the next move. And the gladiator is holding his own, and they, they eventually fall into the water. And the gladiator, of course, can breathe underwater, and Daredevil's kind of struggling and uh, calls back to Namor. And always <laughs> good to call back to Namor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because of his fight with Namor that he was able to uh, learn how to survive underwater yeah, for so long. Yeah, he realized he needed to hold his breath more. Yeah. Um, and the police stumble upon Foggy as Daredevil, and he's just called unconscious on the floor, looking kind of flabby and you know one thing i do want to say kind of about john ramita's art is he did such a good job of making foggy look different yeah dressed 
as Daredevil than how Matt looks dressed as Daredevil. Yeah. And it's not just the pudgy tummy. No. Like, it's everything. The shoulders, yeah. the, the legs, the, the posture. Yeah, he really does yeah. good posture work. There's mm-hmm. that, like, when he runs towards the, the gladiator, he looks so awkward. And, yeah. Uh, like, it's not a natural move. It's not this this elegant move that, that we've kind of gotten used to with Daredevil's movements. Um, he eventually, the gladiator leaves him, climbs out, but then Daredevil fights him, and they have this this final fight sequence. And this, this is one of my favorite things that happens in... Um, I think I became aware of it in Daredevil comics more than any other comics, but it's those whenever you have the sequence where you see movement uh, shown by showing like a, a the the image of the person as a single panel, but it'll have like three images of the person jumping. Right. So right. there's a, a sequence where he jumps out of the way of the gladiator and he does like this great leap and roll and. And the gladiator jumps over the top of him. I know the image you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he knocks him out and he leaves and the police eventually find the gladiator and the gladiator thinks, that guy m- must have been Daredevil. He fought so much better than I expected. He must have tricked me and got a real costume. Maybe Foggy is Daredevil. And Foggy kind of stumbles around and is like, uh, yeah, I was on patrol and I got jumped by this guy. Yeah, this is I'm when good. the cops come yeah. up and approach <laughs> approach him when he's on the ground w- waking up because real, the real Daredevil is gone at this point. Yeah, he's he's out. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I better get out of it. There's too many questions. Um, you know, what, before we move on to the next issue, uh-huh. we do have another appearance of a character that pops up, the building manager. Yeah, who's changed, he changes names. Yeah, and uh, we don't, we're not going to talk about who he is yet, mm-hmm. but he actually ends up playing a bigger role in, yeah. in later issues. He's now Farnham. I can't remember what he was called in the first appearance. It was called Maybe like, they just called him building manager. I, I thought they used the J name, and I think... Did they? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember, but yeah, he's going to play a bigger role later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, issue 18, great. <clears throat> yeah. Could have been the best art from Romita, potentially. Yeah. Um, but just as a whole, really liked it. Uh, yeah. it. It was it was nice because you know we both say that um, you know Milton Potter is one of our favorite villains. It's awesome that his his origin issues, you know, actually good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah, he's 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 definitely one of my favorite. I mean, my favorite villain is probably Bullseye, but we don't get to him until <clears> much later. But I think the Gladiator is a second place for me. And the issue had an ending. I, the issue had an ending. Yeah. Um, yes. nice. Yeah, a one in, a one out. It's yeah, good. and a little more of uh, Matt thinking that maybe I need to do something. Maybe there's a lot of him. Uh, like the last panel of an issue will be Matt worrying about whether or not what he's doing is dangerous, or getting his friends into danger, or if his friends are getting him into danger. And um, issue eighteen, that was that. That was uh, that issue nineteen. We oh, we need to just real quick give a shout out to Frankie Ray. Oh yes, the inks. yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he he basically, I think he did the inks for all the John Romita issues. Maybe not the first two, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, got to give him some love too. Yeah, because he 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 leaves with Romita, I believe. I think we get another inker in. He may do a couple more when um, <coughs> um, uh, Gene Colan comes in. Um, so nineteen is, uh, and I I enjoyed this issue a lot. Yeah. I thought this was great fun. Unfortunately, this is the last the last uh, Ramita issue. Yeah, I mean, Colin is great, and, and, yeah. but you know, when you when you're reading and you really like the artists and you really like the way the art's going and the story, when somebody new jumps on it, obviously it takes you a couple issues yeah, to get does. used to the style of the new artist. Yeah, so I was really disappointed that this was his last one. Yeah, he I does think- do the co- the the cover to issue twenty. 
I didn't, oh, he does? I, oh, did, okay. I didn't know that was him ah. um, until uh, I did some reading on him. Ah, okay. But, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a smart idea as well that in issue 20, which we'll cover in a second, the um, the character, the villain that he faces up against is the owl who um, Colin's artwork is, is very good for that because it mm-hmm. has that kind of nightmarish, um, yeah. like horror vibe to it. Um, but yeah, this one is Daredevil decides that he really needs to tell Foggy to stop. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it is getting ridiculous yeah. now. And the whole point of issue 19 is for for Karen to find out that... that um, Foggy is indeed not Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. And the mass marauder is makes his third appearance. Yeah, he comes back and he he breaks the gladiator out. Now this is uh this leads into what I was talking about, smashing windows. This is one of my oh. favorite window <laughs> smashes in this issue. Let's hear it. So what happens is that um Daredevil swings by Foggy's apartment and knocks on the window and asks him to open it so he can come in. And he comes in and he says, you know, you've got to you can't be doing this you can't be going around saying you're daredevil you're going to get yourself into really big trouble you're going to get yourself hurt think about karen think about everyone else and he says well you know it's it will be so embarrassing now to admit that i've been lying what what would she think of me and he goes you've got to this is this is beyond embarrassment you've got to do it for the greater good um meanwhile we jump back to the gladiator getting broken out and this is one of those where it's like the police are like okay gladiator um, come on, we'll go. Ch- apparently, you're going. You're getting a release date, and you're in your full costume in the jail. <laughs> it's all right. That, that's fine. And the the paper, the uh, the press burst in and say, "Hey, how about a picture? Put your helmet on so we can get a picture of you looking like really mean and tough." And then he says, uh, "They whisper, quick, put your helmet on." And it's the the Mars Marauders men uh, posing as the press, and they use the camera to release gas to knock everybody out. And then they they break. The, uh, the gladiator out and then take him to the marauder and this is th- this whole sequence I know I mentioned the window I'll go back to that in a second because it comes after this mm-hmm. this whole sequence where the mass marauder presents himself as being like this great super villain and says this is what we're going to do to the gladiator we are going to team up I'm going to be in charge you're going to be here with me you're going to be the muscle and we're going to do this and the gladiator is like just don't be ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, no he's way. like, you're, you're just another costume <laughs> clown and yeah. get super angry. Because he, he doesn't like superheroes, supervillains. He yeah. doesn't like anybody in a no. costume. He thinks they're all overrated. He thinks they're all show offs. Yeah. And then he gets zapped and he's blinded and he's like, okay, I'll go along with it for a bit. Yeah, now, this is, yeah. this is this is the, the, the great window break. They're, while they're there, um, they hear the bulletin that the gladiators escaped. So Daredevil's gone to Foggy's apartment, knocked on the window and said, open the window so I can come in. And says, I've got to go. And smashes out of the window to leave. <laughs> and it's just great. Daredevil, so polite to enter, yeah. so not polite to yeah. enter. Oh, I've got to go. Don't worry about the window. I've got this. And smashes out. Um, and I don't know, you know, it may be that they just forgot that he hadn't smashed in and they just drew it as a smash. But I, I like to believe that he just jumped out the window. <laughs> right. And Foggy is like, oh, I've got to admit that I've been lying and this is going to be embarrassing. Um, then the press surround um, uh, Karen and they want to ask some questions. And Yeah, at this point, the whole world knows. Yeah, the whole world knows. That, that Foggy is, is Daredevil. Yeah, he's, there's a press thing that says prominent attorney may be Daredevil. And it's, yeah. it never it doesn't say explicitly this, right, yeah, but it sorry, implies yeah. that. Um, then we go back to the Marauder and he's talking about like his plan is to go grab he, he, the Marauder knows that 
Karen Page and Matt Murdock and um, he thinks that Foggy is Daredevil. So he says, you know, these two people are connected to him. So if you get them, we'll be able to apply pressure. So go get them. So he sends the, the goons pretending to be pressed to go grab Karen and Matt. Wasn't it um, the, the gladiator that told him that that Foggy was... Uh, he suspected he had, it, but he, you remember he had heard as he was dressed as the guard leaving. And then the gladiator does mention, I made the costume for Foggy. Oh, okay. So, Which yeah. is... Okay. So it ties it together. Ties it together, right. And this is, this is another great bit. The, the gladiators, in the meantime, the gladiators' eyesight returns. And he says, so are you ready to work with me now? Yeah. He's like, no. And he just grabs him, punches him a couple there, of times. And there's some get... really good fight panels in yeah. this one. <laughs> so he just and starts it, fighting him. It, like... And it's awesome because most of the time it, it seems like uh, you know, one villain will try to recruit another one. And they'll be like, okay, fine. Yeah. But... Gladiator was like no, and yeah. there was it took it took all, it basically takes the whole issue for uh, him to agree and and be yeah. like you know what fine I'll join you you'll be number one I'll be your number two no 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 he says well we're partners yeah I don't fall yeah because yeah. he originally says you'll be my lieutenant and he's like no no we're yeah partners. no we're partners <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna take orders from you um so the the press go and they they burst into the office and find Foggy. And uh, there's this great sequence where Daredevil bursts in to help him, and he fights off this gang of of goons, basically. They're like regular, um, uh, just uh, henchmen. And he's fighting, and this is another one of those moments where even though Foggy is currently at like a low point where he's like, I have to admit I've been lying and aren't I an embarrassment, he steps up and he, he does something heroic. And then just as Daredevil's about to be shot, he grabs the guy that's about to shoot him and grabs him and pulls the gun out of the way. And um, we see another moment, of, which is a, a repeat thing, which is though even though Foggy is presented as like this clownish character, when it comes down to it, he still steps in to help mm-hmm. out quite a lot. And this is like the, the second or third time we've seen it. Um, and they they defeat them by throwing a, a ottoman, a chair, yeah. a footrest, <laughs> <laughs> and they run off. And um, the um, yeah, this is when they they agree to it. And uh, I can't remember how it ends. It ends with like uh, Matt comes in and uh, Karen is pecking Foggy on the cheek because she's like, oh. You know, it's a, I, you, you shouldn't feel embarrassed. It's okay. Right. It's and, like, I understand. And we should point out here because Karen finds out that Foggy is no longer Daredevil. And Foggy thinks in his head, I've ruined everything. Because yeah. I pretended to be Daredevil, she's never going to love me. Matt's going to win. But to his surprise, Karen is absolutely thrilled that Foggy is not Daredevil. And so Foggy, he's like, hey. I guess I didn't ruin it. Yeah. In fact, she's so happy that I'm not Daredevil, that may have even increased my chances. Yeah. And meanwhile, Matt's like, dang it. Like he's like, I can't win. <laughs> I literally, I can't win. Yeah. He gets, <laughs> I love the love he triangle. He senses the kiss and he's like, oh, man. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they really keep it going. One thing I do <laughs> want to say about this issue, too, is that I think this cemented the fact that the Mass Marauder is the first villain of Daredevil's well, let me rephrase that. He, the mass marauder of all the other villains, he's the first one that becomes kind of the, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the leader of the villains. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the guy that becomes his first supervillain or his first, yeah. uh, what, what do you call that? His first, um, you know, like the Batman's Joker. Yeah. The, arch, arch nemesis. Yeah. His arch nemesis. Yeah. Because 
the mass marauder appears in so many issues. Yeah. He, he appears and he keeps coming back. He keeps trying to coming up with new plans to foil him. Whereas yeah. up until this point, you know, a person might have an appearance here an appearance mm-hmm. here, but the mass marauder, he just, he, he continues to, uh, to show up with new plans, to get new people to follow him with new ideas. Yeah, he joins up with Stiltman later. He comes up yeah. with all these creative ideas. It, it, it's great, though, because, yeah. um, you know, and, and not not to give it away, but it's, it's, it's too bad that he doesn't end up lasting because what a great idea to have him continue to be, you know, yeah, to he, foil Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, up until this point, Daredevil has kind of stumbled on all of the other villains. Right. And, this and, guy goes for Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. And, and makes a point of repeatedly going for him. Um, so as we said, this uh, the next issue, issue 20, is Colin, uh, Gene Colan's yeah. first issue. Yeah, the next podcast we're going to do is going to cover all Gene Colan stuff, so we'll probably go over him more in the, uh, yeah, in we'll, the next... Um, we'll talk about him. As in well. the next podcast, so yeah. that way you know, we're not... Looking too much about it for this one. Yeah. But. Um, and it's the return of the owl. Yeah. Um, and it's one way, of those... Way, way different artwork here. Way, yeah. Way different artwork. The way that the owl looks, he looks so much different than he did when he appeared in issue three. Yeah. And this is... a. It's kind of a... You know, for uh, Ramia... I mean, if you if you go through, like I, I, we mentioned before, is the way that the city is presented is really distinct. And in the early issues, it was very much like Manhattan and it felt very like 1940s and 50s. And it was slowly creeping into a more modern sense of a more, uh, a busier city. Um, This artwork is a real, it really calls back to like, um, it's very silver agey and it's very um, old comic look to it. And I don't know if it's the coloring choices or it's just, that's what uh, Gene Colan brings. It's not as clean. It's not as clean. It's a little scratchier, yeah. and um, the earlier stuff uh, where uh, Frank Giacoa, uh, Giacoia, yeah, is uh, is inking is a lot smoother. But there's still this kind of Daredevil is, is presented as being very smooth, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of the villains and a lot of the bad guys are a lot more hatched and a lot. Yeah, if more you look at the if you look at the owl's face, it's stretched out, yeah, and his eyes are not exactly even, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very and there's a lot of like grotesques, grotesqueness to the bad guys in this stuff. Um, the the gist of this story is that the the owl wants to kidnap Matt Murdock to defend the judge that sentenced the owl to jail. Judge Lewis back in issue yeah. three, and it's a kangaroo court, um, which is um, basically the owl knows that it's it's a, a folly. You know, he's doing this to. It's a bogus trial. He's going to be the judge. Yeah. He serves as the judge, and the jury is a whole bunch of his goons. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, I love how they, they, t- they take him to this remote island. And they say, this is where the court is. This is where the trial is. And they're in this room, and Matt's they, they, trying. They, they, t- uh, they take him to his headquarters. Yeah. Which are that we didn't. He, he actually, this was one thing that I thought was in the writing. They, they kind of missed a beat. Daredevil, you know, with his senses and everything, he can sense where he's at and, yeah. and he recognizes places, which is, you know, is basically as good as looking or yeah. being able to see what you can see. But he shows up, doesn't know where he's at, but he's already been here. Yeah. Yeah. In issue three, uh, yeah. he fought the owl at the, the same headquarters. Yeah. And it doesn't look like an owl anymore, though, the area. That's the only difference. Maybe this is a different, or maybe they just, it's a different side of the, the building. But yeah, it, it, they do take him to his headquarters, which is. In issue three, it was called the... Oh, no, it is. You can see 
on page nine, you see the, the, owl. the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is it is the airy. They're taking him to the airy, which is a uh, they describe. I think Stanley may have forgot that he was there before. Stanley is is writing twenty books. Twenty books point. right yeah. now, yeah. They take him to the strange volcanic ion, hundreds of miles from nowhere, where the area is. Unless the owl just likes putting owl motifs on every building that he's <laughs> in. Um, now, the the way that that Matt gets away to change is kind of fantastic. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so so Matt shows up there. He agrees <laughs> that he's going to. Uh, a defend Judge Lewis in this case, even mm-hmm. though he knows it's bogus, Judge Lewis knows it's bogus, but the sentence is death. Or or if, if he's found guilty, the sentence for Judge Lewis is death. Yeah. So Matt has to do something. Yeah, and they he, kind of imply that Matt's going to die as well. You, right, 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 yeah. Killing two birds with, with one stone or two owls with one stone. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm sorry, you, you were saying. Um, so they're going through the process of this trial and Matt's actually lawyering you know and the the henchmen are getting frustrated and being like why don't we just kill him and the owl like is enjoying the whole thing and it's telling him to be quiet and it's like yeah i think there's a sequence where he like punches one of the henchmen in the throat or something and says you do not question me this is this is what this is what i want to do end of story and matt says i need to clear my head i need to take a walk and they'll go well he's a blind guy we're on an island well go yeah off you go buddy Good luck. Don't fall down while you're out there. <laughs> so they just let him leave. They just let him walk out the door and they're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll see if he comes back. He may not even come back. And he leaves and like seconds later, Daredevil bursts in. <laughs> what? <laughs> and of course, Daredevil, you know, he has to make a make a claim. Mm-hmm. You guys, you know, thought you could kidnap Matt Murdock. He's yeah. already safely gone. Yeah. I, I, sent I put him, him on a boat. I put him on a boat. You don't need to, you know. <laughs> so now you got to deal with me, Daredevil. And then he he has a nice fight with the the henchmen, and then the owl defeats him by pouring billiard balls down at his feet, and he falls over and kind of loses his foot in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the owl slaps him in the face, and then he does his weird leap, which always freaks everybody out. I love how yeah. the the owl can glide short distances on any air current. They're very clear about any air current, any including one indoors. One indoors. Um, and everyone gets really freaked out by yeah. it. Like, I love the idea of this being this weird thing to see that everyone's it's actually like, oh, drawn pretty scary looking. Yeah, he does. It, they do a great job of him moving around because he has the great capes that flap around as well. And they trap uh, Daredevil in a death trap. It's a, a cage drops down, and he's trapped inside the cage now. Um, and then so we, this ties right into issue twenty-one. Issue twenty-one. We go mm-hmm. straight into it where he is in this cage, hanging over a bottomless pit. Which is, I think, the same bottomless pit from issue three, where uh, the owl... He dropped those guys. He dropped those two guys. Which wasn't bottomless. That dropped them out in the ocean. Into the ocean, right. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Maybe he has multiple um, bottomless pits. Yeah, there's a lot of bottomless pits on a volcanic uh, (laughs) island castle. So Um, Daredevil, he's in the cage. Yep. And uh, the The idea is is we move the cage... Uh, with hydraulics, no. We move the cage <laughs> over the bottom's pit. We open up the bottom. Daredevil uh, falls in. Bada be, bada boom. He's dead. Yeah. Right. That's the plan. But so the the bottom of the cage opens up. Daredevil grabs the bars and mm-hmm. is swinging. You know, swinging. And yeah. Of course, the owl touches a, c- a control panel on the side of the wall that makes the bars hot. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? You know, yeah. why wouldn't he be able to make the bars hot on the cage? He kind of <laughs> predicted that Daredevil would probably be swinging around and. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Daredevil is trying to work out how long he can hold on for while this thing yeah. heats His up. His hands are starting to burn. His hands are starting to burn, which is kind of a cool little sequence. And he does a, a great um, 
swing and jump and gets out of danger. Um, the but when he lands, they they discover that the because the island's volcanic, of course, it's starting to erupt. So yeah, he's been aware of things falling. All it just the way so happens through. while all this is happening, the owl's um, his secret hideout headquarters is starting to get destroyed by a volcano that yeah. is happening. Yeah, yeah. So. Daredevil fights the henchman, knocks them down, chases after the owl, and this is where it's re- like the, the artwork is really cool because he's running down these crooked corridors that have fallen to pieces, and the owl's kind of running and then jumping and gliding and just being creepy. And uh, he he gets into his uh, his lab, I guess, and reveals that he has a uh, an electronic owl that he's going to set onto Daredevil. Yeah, and. I love that while well, this is going on, the henchmen are like, we're getting out of here. And the judge is like, well, can I come? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, you got to be here while all this falls down. Why would we rescue you? Yeah. yeah. So, um, the owl, man, the electronic owl, it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of this this crazy golden giant owl that swoops it, around and keeps attacking Daredevil. And it's, it's, it's the size of a small plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's very big. Yeah. They really like uh, um, a gliding... Uh, things that can both attack and be used as a vehicle in in the Marvel universe. Um, so this thing is is going on, and Daredevil eventually they they both jump on because the island's falling apart, and they realize Daredevil realizes that with his senses he can, you know, the even though the hours the upper hand because it's his thing, Daredevil can sense any movement and can balance it perfectly, and he does this great swing and kicks the the owl, and then. Um, so it kicks the the owl off. Yeah, the owl kind of jumps off at one stage, I think. Or it jumps in. off, yeah, because it's going all disastrous. Yeah. And and then we find out here that Daredevil, one of his you know many many abilities is he's able to just so slightly shift his weight, and he can glide anything to safety, no matter the yeah. size, no matter the weight. He knows exactly how to just move his body. Yeah, he's as good as any control, and he takes the owl and swoops it down towards Judge Lewis, who's now outside at this point. Yeah, he's running with the To, to save to him, yep. to get him away from uh, the volcano that is erupting. Yep. So there's a lot going on. There is. And, little, uh, some, some cheese ball stuff a little bit, but you know what? I, yeah. I, it was fun. It was a, it was a fun issue. It was. Uh, it was. It was a two-parter. It, it ends here, but what's neat is that the, the start of issue 22 just has one page to finish up the story, yeah. one or two pages, because you know they had to keep it within twenty pages back then. So, you know, they were like, you know what, we can't quite finish it here, yeah. we'll end with a splash page, and we'll, you know, we'll just use the next few pages of issue twenty-two just to finish it out. Yeah, and they get it. What what happens is that they crash the owl to safety. They kind of glide it into safety and bring it down to land when they get back. To and the Judge moment. Lewis is just amazed at how yeah. well Daredevil can control this. This uh, this electronic owl using it like a surfboard, yeah, an airboard. <laughs> and the the owl is watching this, and he just says, "Okay, well, I'm just going to blow this up now." So, yeah. <laughs> so they quickly jump out the way, and there's an explosion, <laughs> and then that's it. Like it, that is the end. It's like yeah. they say, "Okay, thanks for saving me." Um, and uh, did you get did you get Matt Murdock out of there? And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's cool. Don't worry, he's all good." Um, we then. So now we're on issue 22. 22, and we, we're reintroduced to Farnham, and he comes in, and he's, he's, he's kind of, every now and then he comes in and wants to ask a couple of questions. And uh, and Matt, as Daredevil, is trying to get back to the office to let everyone know that he's safe and is just kind of jumping across vehicles. And 
he gets back. Yeah, Karen is really starting to wonder about Matt's disappearances. Yeah, he's, he's getting he, real. He's very glad that uh, he's back in his life. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, since he, but you know, he hasn't contacted Karen since he's been back. Uh, so she decides to go on a dinner date with Foggy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so then we see we see the Mass Marauder and the Gladiator still working together and yeah. still, you know. <clears throat> but the Mass Marauder has come up with a probably his best plan yet. Yes. In this issue, he's going to take <clears throat> the essence of three criminals. Of three criminals. And, uh, yep. and he uses a, and this threw me so many times. I was reading this, and it's a levitation ray. But for some reason, I kept reading, the first couple of times I read it, I thought he said Leviathan ray. And I was like, what? That doesn't make. <laughs> no, the levitation ray, he has, the Mass Marauder has the ability to put it wherever he wants, I guess. Yeah. And he uses lights. So yeah. So if you have a light. light overhead, watch out, everybody. If you walk out underneath <laughs> yeah, it, there's a chance you'll get sucked up to this levitation ray. And what it does is it teleports you to wherever he wants. Yeah. And he takes these three crooks to his lab and he puts, and this, the artwork, I really like the artwork of this, this character. Mm-hmm. They, he's built an Android, a tri-Android, he calls mm-hmm. it. Um, and he puts the essence of these three crooks into their skills into the tri-android. And um, they start to call it the tri-man because it looks so good. And it's this great uh, robot. It kind of looks like... Um, um, a Mazo. Yeah, a it's a little bit, bit like DC, a Mazo yeah. or like Ace from the Royal Flush Gang in DC. Yeah. And it's this great thing. And then he says, you know, what we're going to do is I'm going to send this thing to Madison Square Gardens to get in the ring during this boxing match and try to lure Daredevil to fight it and we'll defeat him. And it just so happens that Foggy has tickets to Madison Square Gardens <laughs> to a boxing match that he wants to take Karen to. And I think then they say, like, do you want to take Matt? And he's like, well, he's blind. What do- <laughs> <laughs> I may just be imagining that. Yeah. But- well, Foggy ends up actually going by himself. Because Karen's got to stick around and uh, help uh, help uh-huh. Daredevil at the office. Yeah. So he goes there, and then we find out over, I believe, the radio. Yes. That the Tri Man. Yeah. Is has taken over the boxing ring. Yeah. Defeated. Uh, I think both boxers start attacking him instead of getting out of yeah. there. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And they and they attack him, and uh, of course the Tri Android, the Tri Man, the Android, he wins. Yeah. And they make an announcement, you know, Daredevil, get over here, yeah. uh, come, you know, come fight me. Yeah. You know, I'm the, I'm the one, that, if you don't come fight me, I'm going to, I don't know, kill all these people or something. Yeah. And this is, this is Matt, because he has Karen there and he, you know, of course he can't change because someone. Yeah, there. this, this is a little wishy-washy here. This, yeah. this is, he comes up with the plan. Yeah, probably his worst plan to date so yeah. far. Well, I don't know. We haven't met Mike Murdoch yet, but. No, okay. Go ahead. So, so. Daredevil, or sorry, so Foggy, you know, if you remember back in the Gladiator issue, he bought a Daredevil um, mm-hmm. A pretty good costume. A good one. And he kept it. Mm-hmm. And so once, once Matt finds out that Foggy is in trouble because of this, uh, this uh, Tri-Man android, he tells Karen, quick, go grab the Daredevil outfit. I'm going to put it on. You take me to Madison Square Garden, and I will pretend to be Daredevil, so that way it gives us some time to think about what we can do. And Karen, who's up to this point, has worried so much about Matt every time he's potentially in danger, she just goes along with it. Yeah. She's like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So they get so he gets dressed in the outfit, which 
even though Foggy's a little bit bigger, it happens to fit him absolutely perfectly. Yeah, he cuts it nicely. Yeah, he goes, he cuts it nicely. They go to Madison Square Garden, and uh, Matt comes up with a plan. You know what? I have to lose Karen here, so that way while I'm gone and Karen can't find me, the real quote-unquote daredevil will mm-hmm. show up and be able to save the day, and that's precisely <laughs> what, what ends up happening. Well, not the saving the day part, but him sneaking away and the yeah. real daredevil showing yeah. up. And he does, he does, he fights the Tri-Man, and he beats the Tri-Man. He uh, does. But then we hear the, uh, uh, the mass marauder's voice come yeah. over the loudspeakers yeah. uh, saying, if you don't surrender... Uh, we know that Foggy and Karen, because he's watching all this through a little screen, mm-hmm. we know that Foggy and Karen are in this are in the stands that we're gonna kill them mm-hmm. if you don't surrender. And that's that's how the how the issue ends. Yeah. Leaving the reader in a great deal of um Oh, you know, one thing we need to mention too, uh is it pronounced Magia? The uh, Magia. Magia. Mm-hmm. Or Magia, sorry. Yeah. So the reason the Mass Marauder is doing this at this point is the, the Magia lost their leader. Uh, this happened in X-Men, I think it was issue 23, mm-hmm. they said, where um, they defeated the leader. So the Mass Marauder knows this, so he makes a decision that by proving to the Magia that they can take down Daredevil, they will let him be their new leader. Yeah. So that's his motive for doing all of yeah. this. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why I think the gladiator is going along with it. Where it's like, okay, well, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what happens in 23 is that the, he's made this announcement and we open up with him standing there and the Mars Marauder decides that he's going to use his levitation ray to get the Tri-Man <clears throat> back to his base, but it's a trap and he knows that Daredevil will try and grab him and he wants to lure Daredevil back to his base. So he sucks up... Daredevil and the, the Tri-Man back. They have this fight where the three, the original three crooks are, are released and they have a fight. There's a whole sequence of them fighting and the Gladiator and Daredevil are going at it. And meanwhile, the Master Marauder is constantly in contact with the Magia and saying to them, you know, look, I've got him. What do you want? And they come up with this great plan. They want Daredevil and the Gladiator sent to a film set that looks exactly like the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> it's a film set, though. It's not the Roman Colosseum, which would make perfect sense for him to just be dropped there. But we, there's a film set that's been abandoned. Send him there. <laughs> so they send him to the Colosseum film set, and there's this there's this thing where he like appears and he realizes where he is, and the Magia are all watching. There's like an audience watching this fight go down, and he senses that there's lions in cages, and he says to himself, you know, the producer must have just left them here when the film wrapped <laughs> because it was cheap. It was cheaper than getting rid of them. Um, <clears throat> and they have this great fight in the in the it's like they're a gladiatorial fight, and it's kind of you know it's it's purely for the gladiator, I think. Um, but the during the fight, one of the lions escapes, and Daredevil, rather than the guy in the armor, <laughs> Daredevil uh, fights to get the the lion back and protects the gladiator, stops him from being attacked, and gets the lion back into another cage, an empty cage, locks the door, and then the Magia say, "Okay, now destroy him." I think is it Master Marauder or the Magia who say that you should destroy Daredevil at this point, and he says, "I think it's the the, the Magia that yeah that, that do it." And he says, uh, no, absolutely yeah. no way. He protected me. There's no way I'm going to destroy him now. There's no way. He, he's a hero, 
and I'm done. And that's kind of cool because it's like <clears> the first uh, little glimpse that we get because he's a reformed character yeah. later. Yeah. You know, he turns into a good guy. Yeah. And this is the first taste that we get, you know, he's a little cuckoo in the head, but, yeah. you know, maybe he has a real sense of honor. And, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's not as bad as uh, he's led on to be so far yeah. at this point. And the, the Magia basically say, oh, you're cool. Um, you can join us. And they say to the Mass Marauder, you're worthless. Yeah. <laughs> and he, does he punch the screen? The yeah. Mass Marauder like, punches oh, come the screen. On. He's like, no, I did all this work to plan this. What are you doing? And then they, they, they leave with, um, with the gladiator giving him a job and dd leaves um daredevil goes out and he just this leads into 24 and he goes out and he's walking along and there's like a a gang of dirty land european <laughs> land pirates attack him from nowhere and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> and they, they think they're really tough and yeah because he, he has to find a way to get back from yeah. europe to he's uh like, well how do i get home yeah. now i don't have any money and he's like well i'll start walking so he's walking <laughs> through central europe and he gets attacked by these land pirates <clears throat> and he, he steals their he, he steals, steals their jet. plane. Yeah, yeah, he steals, he steals a plane. their jet. <laughs> just uses Daredevil his power. the thief. You know, he uses it to fly to England because he knows that he can get to England. Yeah, and then least. from England, he's going to figure some way to get yeah. the cash. It'll be to... easier from England than Central Europe because yeah. they're all dirty land pirates in Central Europe, apparently. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, or they're like a like a roving bands of peasants that are right. <laughs> Um, he gets to England and he finds out that Kazar has been accused. Uh, Lord Kevin Plunder, who's now living in the Plunder Castle because mm-hmm. he inherited it, um, has been accused of menace. He's yeah. been walking around the countryside menacing people with his... With and and, and, and uh, they haven't actually seen him at any of these crimes, but the evidence are barefoot footprints. Yeah, which is his saber-toothed tiger. No, no, it, or his. Oh, it's his, sorry, yes. His, because he's barefoot. And the prince of a tiger. And the prince of so a tiger. So those are the two things that uh, are yeah. good enough for all the all the police to believe that he's yeah. uh, he's the guilty the guilty one. Yeah, the the inept UK police. And they call in the militia. And uh, just for the record, everyone, there is no militia <laughs> in the UK. Um, so they've got the castle surrounded, and Daredevil decides that he's got to get in and help out. And he swings in, and um, they have a fight, of course, because Kazar thinks that Daredevil's in on it, and so. He's fighting the the tiger. Why can't I remember this tiger's name? It's gonna bug me. If you if you know the name of the tiger, yeah. send us. Uh, yeah, please, <laughs> please, please let us know. We could look it up, but it's nice <laughs> to hear from you. Um, and they they have a fight, and uh, eventually, Daredevil has the the brilliant idea of thinking, well, I know how to prove that it isn't Kazar, and he gets thrown into the moat and swims down, and I think Kazar chases after him, and they swim underwater and they find a submarine. Yes, and right before he finds this submarine, before he takes that dive, he, he, first, he first makes a phone call yeah. to see if, uh, if the hunched. plunderer had broken out of prison yeah. or not. And it just so happened that he had broken out of prison, yeah. so he knows it's got to be him. So that's why he takes the dive that's why he into takes the, the water. Dive, yeah, because yeah. he phones and says to the warden, is the plunderer still there? And he's like, nope, he escaped. Okay, cool. <laughs> so they dive in and they get in, they break into the, the submarine where the plunderer's been hiding, hoping to um, get rid of... Kevin and take take back over to, to I don't know what his plan after that is without his weapon he's useless apparently <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, they have a they have a fight against them and and Kazar says you know I'll give you anything thank you you're the greatest um, I now know that you're a really good friend and mm-hmm. and he says I need a plane ticket back home 
So he he dresses as Matt Murdock and gets lost in the crowd and then calls out, thanks, thanks, Kevin. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. that voice, Daredevil, he must be somewhere in the crowd. Kazar pays for Daredevil's plane ticket home. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, back home, this is, this issue oh, ends on yes. a pretty great, yeah, uh, a great one. Yeah. So yeah. this issue ends with um, with Karen worried for Matt because they haven't heard from him for a while. So she starts opening his mail, <laughs> <laughs> as one does. And uh, Spider Man, yes, yeah, <laughs> a, a letter to Matt Murdock Matt, from Spider Man, to Matt Murdock from Spider Man, saying, "I know that you're Daredevil," and that's how it ends with Karen telling Foggy that she's. She's got this letter, or that Matt got this letter, and yeah. she opened it. Um, and I guess that pretty much sums up, up the f- the the next twelve yeah, issues the of next Daredevil. Twelve issues of Daredevil, so, which yeah. ran from uh, February the tenth. I discovered that the most of the the dates that they went out was the tenth okay. of the month. So it was February tenth, nineteen sixty six, to January tenth, nineteen sixty seven. That run, yeah. Uh, and you know, I know he only did seven ish or eight issues, mm-hmm. but John Romita, his art in this really really connected with me and I, it really got me into liking uh just you know yeah it, it it made the issues very fun to read yeah definitely the writing was good too i thought stanley picked it up on a lot of these issues yeah uh, there was no matador uh, unfortunately but i think we're going to get an appearance of the matador on our next podcast yeah. which is exciting <laughs> um so before we end this uh we like to end all of our podcasts with a little a uh, little question, little question answer session. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we ask each other our questions, yes. uh, uh, somebody reached out to us on Facebook and uh, asked a great question. So we thought we'd go over that real quickly. Mm-hmm. And this question comes from Jairus. And uh, the question is Besides Bullseye, what was the biggest challenge in creating new villains for the original Daredevil character? Um, no, I think the. the the co- a couple of big challenges. Good question. Thank you. Uh, a couple of big challenges that I can see is one that he came quite late. Daredevil was like a, um, a later uh, hero. He came two or three years after you already had a Fantastic Four, um, Spider-Man, Thor, X-Men. Um, there was a lot around at that stage. And um, so and, and I think they were very smart. They only threw in a couple of the other people's villains just to kind of get the the work going. But I think the hard thing for him, for his villains, is that for a while they didn't really settle on what his powers were or what Mm -hmm. his abilities were. And he he could technically be outclassed very quickly if he used a lot of the traditional villains, but they didn't want to just keep churning out goon of the week right um and he, and he was um daredevil i mean if you take a look at spider-man super strength mm-hmm. uh, agility mm-hmm. uh hulk you know i mean everyone knows hulk he's so big and strong thor mm-hmm. uh the fantastic four all of these guys had superpowers yeah and daredevil didn't really have any so the villains that he fought to make it believable you can't have him you know fight all the Thor villains. You can't have him fight all the Hulk villains because he just, it would not be believable for him to defeat them. Maybe every once in a while he can get in there and do some trickery, but that Mm -hmm. would get old pretty fast or they would run out of ideas. So I think when they're, when they're creating villains for Daredevil, they have to really be careful on how much power they give them. His villains need to kind of mirror him. They need to be human without super strength but have tricky gadgets and stuff. And yeah. So I think that that's one of the difficulties too, is to keep coming up with fresh ideas mm-hmm. uh, where the characters you're creating are normal people with 
you know, just cool little knickknacky, either small powers yeah. or devices, gadgets or stuff. Yeah. 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 And they did a pretty good job in those early ones. I like that Mr. Fear is, it's a great, um, uh, reflection of him. It's someone, you know, this idea that Daredevil was the man without fear. And then this, this villain is someone who makes you afraid and they, they do a good, uh, good job with that. Gladiator is a great foil for him because he's strong, but he's slow. And that's a, that's yeah. a thing that you get with a lot of his villains is that they're, they're either armored or they're encumbered by, um, something that in their, their costume or their getup which slows them down and allows him to be more agile and get away from them a little quicker and use his brain a little more. Um, but of course the, the, the great one is, um, um, that we, we've touched on with the mass marauder is mm-hmm. that this is someone who, this is the first time we have someone who's directly targeting him <clears throat> repeatedly going for him, but also he, one of his, his, uh, tricks is to make people blind. And the idea that there's a certain amount of, very early on in the issues, there's a lot of stuff where he can do things that will reveal that he has heightened senses and he has to be careful to not give it away too much because he doesn't want anyone to know that he's blind at this stage or he doesn't want any people to know that he has heightened senses. They just want to think that he's a good fighter that is in this costume and very agile and stuff like that. So it's kind of a fun play with that where yeah. I think in, in the, the one episode where he's fighting the Mask Marauder and he zaps him, there's like this moment where the master was like, oh, my machine must have malfunctioned or there must be something wrong with the setting. I'll have to go back <laughs> and fix that because that, that doesn't seem right. <clears throat> well, anyways, th- so thank you for the question. Yes. That was great. Um, so now, Jamie, me and you, we're going to ask each other a yeah. question, try to stump yeah. the other one. I feel like you're going to stump me on this one because I was kind of so struggling to think of one and you answered a bunch of them. Okay. Well, I've got one for you. Okay. Lay, the lay three on. crooks okay. that, bec- that are sucked up by the levitation machine mm-hmm. to, to give Trimani's criminal essence. Who are they? I do remember this actually. Yeah. This is good because you stumped me on the last one. <laughs> you got three people and they each have their own specific skill set. Mm-hmm. You have um, the wrestler who is the mangler. Yes. And uh, uh, he basically, you know, super strong, you know, good fighter, wrestler. Mm-hmm. You have the brain, mm-hmm. who is the mastermind. He's coming up with all the evil schemes because you got to give uh, the android, you know, brain power. And the third one, the most creative, is the dancer. Yes. And the dancer is just super <laughs> agile, very fast. And I, and I believe and there's a great moment in that issue, too, where after Daredevil breaks out of the uh, tube that he's in when, mm-hmm. the, when the marauder transports him there through his levitation ray, the the three, he releases the three goons and they're like, he goes, I'll pay you money, fight him. Yeah. And, and even though they've been trapped there for who knows how long. And they're all naked, I think. They're, they're, <laughs> they're naked or just wearing bottoms. And uh, they're like, okay, fine, I'll take money. And then yeah. they fight Daredevil and Daredevil beats them down. But um, yeah, it's a great question. Mm, thank you. And, and my question actually yeah. is in the exact same issue. at Almost the exact, and actually that exact same moment. Uh, so let me have it written down here. Okay. So when Daredevil manages to break out of the glass tube that the mass marauder teleported him into from the boxing ring in Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. he faces all three of the goons that gave the tri-android its powers. How did Daredevil end up beating the brain? Oh. Ah. I'll give you a hint. Mm. It ties into... Well, it doesn't really tie into but... He uses a contraption 
mm-hmm. that kind of relates to brain, to brain work, to smarts and stuff. Mm. I'm blanking on it. You got so, me. All right, good. So we're one one. We're tied. <laughs> uh, so he he rolls a gigantic mobile electronic calculator. Oh, yes, that's right. Into the brain and smashes him. Yeah. So and the mass marauder gets upset because he's damaging his equipment. This is 1968. This yeah. issue. And if you, I mean, I don't know where calculators were at at that point. But Pretty were big. all calculators that big? Yeah, they were. They were so yeah, so <laughs> so he shoves this gigantic, which is about the size of a car, yeah. a calculator into yeah. the brain, and, and it's kind and of a big, him. big image as well, isn't it? Yeah, like him dodging out of the way. Yeah, it I, is. Uh, very nice, <laughs> yeah. nicely done. Uh, so before we end this, we just want to mention once again: if you guys have any questions or have any topics that you want us mm-hmm. to talk about, it please reach out to us on either our social media pages or through our email. Um, we have a Facebook page. All you have to do is in the search bar, search for Joshua and Jamie, Joshua and Jamie do daredevil and it'll pop up. And we also have a Twitter. We do. And the Twitter handle is JJ do DD podcast. So at JJ do DD podcast. And you can also send us an email at J and J do DD at gmail.com. Yes. Which we didn't know it was available. (laughs) So you can also send us emails there. Yeah. Uh, But we really want to thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Me and Jamie are having a blast and we hope you tune in for episode four. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah. We have to do our ending. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, There we go. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. And we we did did Daredevil. Daredevil.